Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Alien, colon, Covenant. I believe that that's a code for Alien Resurrection. Resurrection of Dread. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your view, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 284, 284. Again, I keep on saying this week to week, but it feels like we... I don't know. I thought we were in the 290s already, but clearly... I just haven't been paying attention to the editing. I mean, this is three weeks of this, and you do some of the editing. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you should I know. know that we're not in the 290s. <laughs> like, I thought um, that we were going to be at 289. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you have to wait till quick math, Cars 3 or Transformers to get to 289, but we'll see about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, this week's episode, 284, uh, we are talking Alien Covenant, the... Uh, the, another prequel to Alien and a sequel to Prometheus and a sidequel to Predator, I guess, right? I think that's where uh, we're going with. That's where we're going with, yeah. Would, yeah. You, would you describe it as a long-awaited? A, a long-awaited? No. It's, okay. I mean, five years. is. I mean, there was some time between Prometheus and this movie, which we talked about on this podcast, Prometheus, back in the early days about now. But yeah, it's, I mean, it just eventually happened. Ridley Scott right. was, I got to get that counselor out of my system. So, you know, he did that and, you know, some other things and what have you. But re- regardless, we're, we're talking Alien. I was, like, what, I was like, what is he talking about? And then I remembered what you were talking about. Your and favorite, I was like, that's your, not a your, your favorite movie of that year? No, no. I mean, that was some great some great hair on Javier Bardem, though. That's true. I, I'm looking forward to Pirates for it just to see if he tops the hair, even though it's mostly CG, it looks like. But we'll see. Um, anyway, that's, that's a completely different topic. Joining us today yeah. to talk Alien Covenant, we have from Lenoir Artur. He's having some odd back problems. It's Terrence Johnson. <laughs> that's a fun That's a fun intro. <laughs> also joining us from Why So Blue, he's been learning to play the flute. It's Jason Coleman. Yes, yes, I, ha- I have. In my spare time, in between the five million movies that I'm being forced to watch now. <laughs> love it. Love it all. Love the movies. Well, good to have you guys back on the podcast here. Yeah, it's good to have you guys yeah, here. That's awesome. Absolutely. And, and, and as you had pointed out I, I, earlier, uh, you know, it's nice to be on with Abe. You know, it's been a while since we've, since we've, while. we've met. So it's, 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 it's good, good to lock horns, movie horns with you again, sir. Oh, Jason, you have no idea. <laughs> How much I don't remember the last time we were on. <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say sometime in October, but um, we'll, we'll, I have to do some back. Sounds about right. Feels about right. But uh, actually, fittingly, Terrence, the last time you were on, I think, was for Get Out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just watched it again because I got the Blu-ray review. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just watched it last. Night. I had the um, I had the commentary on with Jordan Peele. Good commentary. It's a uh, Oh, okay. It's not funny. Like it's not like he's not cracking jokes because he's you know a director. He's serious. He's being he's a serious. Director. But yeah. it's a, it's a good like. There's a lot of like I mean things that I I would take it the three of us probably already gathered. But in terms of there's a lot of like things he points out as far as his shots and construction of the film that and what he was referencing and some of the themes that I found quite interesting. 
but uh, yeah. Okay. Just some get up right. follow up because is think... it just by himself or is he with somebody else? It's just by commentary. Oh, see, see, it would have been interesting to have one solo and then one with the comedy partner and having them kind of you know do 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 that kind of thing. That would have been interesting. Him and uh, him and Bradley. Oh, him and Bradley Whitford. Him, no, him and Bradley. <laughs> him and Bradley Whitford. Yeah, him and Bradley Whitford. <laughs> <laughs> or comedy legend Catherine Keener. You know, one of those. There you go. <laughs> but, um, all right, let's uh, let's get to some show notes stuff real quick. First up, uh, we're talking about Alien Covenant today, but literally just like an hour ago, I published our Alien Three commentary track, which is up now That's on right. iTunes and Audio Boom. Uh, Brandon, Jim, Colin, and I, uh, we all sat down and talked Alien Three, the very bleak David Fincher directorial debut, which was a much troubled production that he doesn't like talking about. Uh, but yeah, that that was a fun one for us to talk about. So if you want to check out that. If you're a big in a big alien mood, feel free to go for it because we had a lot of fun talking about that. We also have commentaries for aliens and Alien vs. Predator Requiem, so we've done a trilogy of alien commentaries at this point. So. <laughs> Requi- Requiem, no less. Man. Yes, Requiem. Yeah, that's, Requiem. That was yeah. a good one. We started off strong. That's what we did. So that's what yeah. we, we started at the top and went down. <laughs> we basically roasted that movie. It was good. It was that, nice. That was a fun one to do. Right? That's that was one of our earliest commentary tracks. We had a lot of fun with that one. But yeah, yeah. but Alien Three is our newest one that's up now. Feel free to check it out. We had a lot of fun doing it, and I think it's quite informative as far as all the details that went to that production for for four guys that had nothing to do with the production of Alien 3, so there you go. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, episode 300. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Again, I keep on thinking that it's it's closer than it is. It's probably these reminders that make you think that we're closer to it every week. Could be. It could be. Which means we should, we should really talk about it at some point. <laughs> some, yeah, some weird imbalance in me. <laughs> but, um... Let's see. Congrats, also, congrats, gentlemen. By the way. Well, thank, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. much. Oh, yeah. That's we got, awesome. There's a whole summer to go by. Abe and I can have a violent breakup on this podcast before that happens, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of unlikely, since you know we don't really see each other all that much. <laughs> For good it's reason. It's a long-distance relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Let's do a let's do a quick uh, summer movie gamble update, Abe. Oh yeah, let's do it. We're recording this on a Saturday. Normally we record on Sunday, so we have a better idea of what the box right. office is. But uh, we did talk lots last week about how King Arthur made very little impact at the box office. Um, it, it, uh, not going to be uh, a smash. Yeah, and none of us really predicted it, except for past guest uh, and last week's guest, Marcus Robinson, who had it number 10. Right. Um, you know, st- still possible. <laughs> Everything else could fail heavily. but um, a long summer. Yeah, still not, still not counting on that. But I can talk a little bit about Alien Covenant. It opened on Friday with $15.3 million. It got thurs- th- its Thursday grosses were like four. I think that's all included in the same thing, actually, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, so that it means it's probably going to open around forty uh, by the time a Sunday rolls around uh, for its box office opening weekend. Uh, Prometheus, uh, for those that don't automatically know this information offhand, um, opened with fifty-one million back in uh, two thousand twelve, and that still got it to I think like number ten or nine at the end of the end of the summer on the box office. So uh, you know, and where I have it, yeah, uh, I know a lot of us had it as a dark horse. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It, you know, really depends on. Word of mouth I was just glad strength. to see my theater kind of packed when I went to go watch it. So that was a good sign. I, I, I was kind of expecting either half filled or not too much filled, but I was pretty pretty happy with the with the result. Opening night, yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's for. I mean, it is a lower opening than Prometheus, which again was very low right. when it came out in 2012. So, uh, and this is a 
crowded well, summer. I, mean, but I, we'll, I guess that it's better than you know the ten people that I saw King Arthur. Oh with. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it already made more than King Arthur did in its opening weekend, so it has that going for it. But uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see where things go. But yeah, just, I'm pretty uh, sure that that Terrence and Jason made more than King Arthur did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor like, King you Arthur. Know, I know that they're multimillionaires, but you know. <laughs> I will point out that none of us predicted Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and I'm actually surprised, Abe, that you didn't have that as like one of your random box office, uh, like dark, dark horses, horses or something. Like that. Yeah, filling in that. Um... No, you've got Captain Underpants though. Oh, because I think Captain Underpants has potential to make money. Where Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I did not. Yeah, listen, I got a I got a seven year old who's 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 super gung ho about uh, Captain Underpants. There you so, go. I mean, hey, there, there you go. There could be an audience. He is going to the premiere tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll see what his review is. All right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's a quick box office update there. We'll uh, we'll see how things go, uh, you know, week after week. And for those that are not aware, we uh, Abe and I, along with uh, twelve, or I guess it's including two of us, so ten, men. ten, ten, yes, twelve angry men, ten, twelve angry men, uh, ten, ten other uh, of our of our uh, frequent podcast guests. They all joined us in a box office gamble where we all predicted the top ten highest grossing films at the domestic box office for this summer. Um, so we're all nice. in, we're all steeped in competition between each other and for bragging right. rights and to you know basically make fun of the person that loses. So uh, <laughs> what what uh, what do you what do you guys have at number one? Just curious, real quick. Most of us have Guardians. Um, one of us has nice. Despicable Me, I think. Yeah, one of us does. Yeah, and uh, Mar- so. and poor Marcus has Pirates Five at <laughs> number one. So um, <laughs> but you, never, goes. you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, we never know. Oh. We won't know thing. until we know. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. We'll uh, keep updating on that as we go, because that's a lot of fun to keep track of. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, iTunes reads ratings. It's good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps out people find our show. We, 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 we're we packing in lots of stuff here. We like to have a lot of fun on the podcast. We like to give you guys a lot of bonus episodes and whatnot. So it'd be great if you guys uh, headed over to iTunes at some point, gave us a star rating, or even uh, wrote us a little review. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be super neat. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to let's get to know everybody. Reach week, we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for hot for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. everybody. That was good. It's good. It's okay. <laughs> okay. First up, inaugural question that I've been having. <laughs> okay. Inaugural question. <laughs> yeah, speak for a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this okay, one, I got you. No, for, I, this, I see where you go. This one's this one's for Terrence and Jason, assuming you've both seen the okay. movie. Uh, what's the mm. better soundtrack, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Volume oh. one. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. There's definitely a couple of good, good uh, num, you know, numbers in the first one, uh, especially. I mean, in the second one, uh, especially, you know, mi- the music mixed with the the uh, the film. But it for that first one, I have to agree with him because you can listen to the first one even without the movie, and it's toe tapping and awesome. Whereas I feel like the music suits some of the mo- most of the music suits the movie, but I don't know that I would go out and buy it. I actually went out and bought the soundtrack for the first one because it was so tasty. So I absolutely agree with him. I, I am a Volume 2 fan, as the listeners and Abe knows. Abe is with you and guys with Volume 1. I, I'm a Volume 1 fan. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and for the exact reason that, Jason, you just said, I, I've been listening to the Volume 2 one nonstop. Where I, I really li- <laughs> and I like Volume 1 a lot. Again, it's not it's splitting hairs, essentially, for me. But I, I do give the edge to 2. I, I do think that the songs for me get me going. I, I, I enjoy listening to that soundtrack. But yeah. I was I was I was gonna say I was gonna say now I know what what, uh, what to get you as a Christmas gift the old Doritos Volume Two bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to that one in my stocking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's. Uh, Abe, you got a question? 
I do have a question for you guys. Is there a matchup, real or imagined, that you'd like to see the alien take on? Ash. Yeah, see, that'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah. Ash, Ash, you, want see, you want to see Ash take on anything. That's just awesome. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty easy go-to answer. <laughs> oh, that's great. I somewhat liked the battles between Alien and Predator. The, mo- the movie is not great, but I maybe if somebody could make a good version of that, it would be really cool. DC or if DC maybe falls apart, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, Batman, Superman versus Alien somewhere in there. there you you know? Know? <laughs> in the comic books, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm thinking back to the comics. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I have another question. Okay. Do any of you guys play an instrument? Uh, minus the recorder in fourth grade that for we had for music class, quote unquote. <laughs> no. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, no. I, I, I played a guitar when I was a kid, but again, the, 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 listen, everybody's good at something, and the, the thing is, you can <laughs> play something doesn't mean you're good at it. And for me, I always, I just couldn't pick it up. It always stunk, and I went, you know, if you're not going to be one of the greats, you shouldn't be doing it. So, you know, I looked at, looked at the greats like Hendrix, and you know, and and I was like, oh, forget <laughs> it. So, tried, failed, moved on to movie criticism. This is this know. is what Jason tells his sons: never try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could play an instrument, but uh, I cannot. (laughs) I do a mean triangle. I just wanted to throw that one out there. But uh, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but aside, especially especially during the holiday season, I would assume. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 But aside from that, and of course the xylophone, which I do weekly on this podcast. No, I am not a not a musically trained person. Well, if we count Rock Band on PlayStation, I mean that's a different story, though. But. You know all the buttons. That's right, orange through red. So <laughs> watch out, guys. <laughs> the minute I submitted, I heard Ry Cooter, that slide guitar for Ry Cooter. I was like, forget it. It's over. Don't need to. Don't, don't need to try. It the anymore. dream is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's how you play. No, everybody. Oh, all right. Let's move on now. Let's get down to quickies. Yeah. Each weekend out now. We have a movie that we talk about. But we see we're going to leak that. So we're going to quickies. Tim, a little bit, a little bit rushed at the end there. You know, I was trying to rush it in. We have a lot of show to do, Abe. I, I got to get it. Got to get it yeah. all done. But let's start with you, Abe. Have you seen any other movies this week? No other movies this week, but I started watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season three, and did, so far so good. Did you finish season two? Did I finish season two? Yeah. What, what? Why would I start season three if I didn't watch season two? I don't know. We never really talked about it. I'm just asking. <laughs> I considered. I, did watch season two. I considered watching season three, even though I hadn't finished season two. But then I was like, "Well, I didn't really, I wasn't gelling with the show anymore, and I liked it for the most part, mm-hmm. season one. So I just never finished season two. But then I was like, well, maybe I can just start fresh. And then I said, "Well, no, probably not. So I'll, I'll see." Yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend watching season two. I don't know how you feel about, uh, or I, I don't know where you left off, but I'm sure that there's. I got like some room for laughter there. I got like three episodes. I think my, my problem with it was three episodes. You have like ten more. I yeah, that, so, that's a lot. It is a lot. So you but, must have well, think, lost interest kind of early. Well, I think my problem is it's similar to like with Arrested Development, where I think something like Thirty Rock and the Arrested Development one is on TV. Um, I think it benefited from having a short twenty-two minutes, and so the editing was really tight. Where Kimmy Schmidt's like each episode's like a, literally a half an hour. And I was like, okay, like it feels like the rhythm just feels off. Where like I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not as snappy as I want it to be. So it just, it's hard for me to be like to get into it. For a show like that, where it's, it's you know, it's screwball comedy, so the pacing's key. 
compared to something like you know like Master of None, where it's like it's they're basically little short films every episode. Yeah, that's me, I, I see where you're going I, with that. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I definitely understand because the you know I didn't, I never actually thought about the time you know twenty minutes versus thirty minutes, but yeah, eight minutes it's, it's a little bit more. It's but not a matter. I of, enjoy. It's, it's not a matter of the minutes. It's just more of the momentum for me just wasn't working. Where it's like I feel like it, it felt it started to feel you know three episodes in I was like. This feels like more of a chore than me enjoying the show. So it's like I didn't want to keep going. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely would say try and stick with it. Are you? Are That's you... like the that's like the weakest promotion yeah. for Kim Schmidt. Well, you started <laughs> you, you, you you started season three. Are you enjoying season three so far? John Ham is a is a he's a ham in it. John Ham's back. Well, there I I gotta gotta be all about it. <laughs> uh, I always love when John Ham does comedies. You know, less of that million dollar arm thing, more more comedies. Less of your dark horse pick for the box office gamble <laughs> yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> that was that was years ago. Hey man, I was like baseball movies, South Indie or South Asians, that'd be great. Okay. Let's uh let's move. Uh Jason, have you seen any other uh, movies this week? Yeah. When do when do I when do I not with encapsulated movie reviews? I, I try yeah. to I'm I'm covering like five to six, seven sometimes this week is nine movies. So um Definitely one of the ones that you had mentioned um, uh, that you like that you wanted to see, the Commune, uh, came out this weekend uh, by Thomas Vintenberg, who also did um, the Hunt. Uh, the Hunt, yeah, love the Hunt. Um, really, just a, a fantastic film that just kind of knocked me knocked me sideways. Really good, really very big chill kind of feel to it, um, but a little more somber. Um, really, really well done. Um, so I that that's definitely in contention for my top ten list. Um, at the end of the year, also a movie called The Wedding Plan um, was really good, but always but had a, a, a fantastic lead performance by the actress and Noah Kohler, um, who's again in contention for my best actress list. So some really, really, yeah, great stuff. Um, uh, you know, and again, when I do encapsulated, I try to do as many as I can. So um, you know, these things just you know beautifully just sometimes pop up, and so those are definitely ones to look for: the commune, the wedding plan, and of course, I'm super, super looking forward to the Twin Peaks revival. Starting Sunday. Oh, anything Lynch, anything Lynch. All right. Well, yeah, Jason, you you were able to you 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 write for us at White the Blue now, and you're able to uh, hmm. just deliver a ton of reviews every week, and you you put them in these nice encapsulated review um, uh, posts at, at, towards the end of the week generally, and I, I really look forward to reviewing them because or to 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 reading them because you you get in so much, and so anyone that uh, wants to you know see more of your thoughts and see more of just movies that are coming out that are you know smaller scale because you get a lot of the you know those smaller ones that go to like vod and like and you know limited release uh, be sure to check out wise to find his reviews there because uh, there's a lot of a lot of great stuff that you may or may not be missing so yeah and like i said those are always great because it, it you know if you can go go into it cold and something just comes up that's great it's oh there's nothing like it it's like finding it's like discovering movie gold for sure <laughs> Like that Thomas Vinterberg one, the Commune, for example. Like I, I, yeah. I remember hearing about it early, but I forgot that it was like coming. Like real, I, I think I even got an email about the screening, and I just missed it completely. But I, I liked Tom. I really liked the Hunt. I really liked Far from the Madding Crowd too, with uh, him and uh, with uh, yeah, Matthias Schoenarts and um, what's her name, uh, um, Mulligan, uh, Gary Mulligan, and so it's like I, I just want to see more of this guy's movies, and so yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Uh, Terrence, have you seen any other movies recently? Um, I've seen two. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 a bit late. Um, and it was fine. Uh, I was expecting it to be a little better. Uh, but it was fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, I just, I, I think that 
there were there were some actually there were some things in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two that Alien Covenant also does. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to hear more like, about this. I am too. I'm like trying to put together parallels of like I wonder what he's talking about. It's probably when, Mike, when Michael Fassbender comes out. It's like I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. It's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I saw the little hours. Which one's the little oh, hours? Interesting. That, uh... interesting. The one, the one with, um, uh, the one with uh, Audrey Plaza. That one. Yes. And oh, wow! Just... How you know? I wanted to see that at Sundance, but it was, but the tickets were all sold out. How uh, how was that film? Um, I wish it would have. It's short, so that's in its benefit. Uh, I wish it would have leaned into being filthier. It's in it's in sort of a weird middle ground, in that it's like trying to be raunchy, but then also trying to not be, um, and so it was kind of disappointing. So overall, is it not great? Or I'd lean towards the the not great. This was a rough, you know, sort of week for me. Every movie that I saw disappointed <laughs> <Okay>. disappointed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Are I mean, you listening sure... to Hollywood? Disappointing Terrence. <laughs> yeah, I wish they would listen to me. No one uh, likes a yeah. sad Terrence. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> Let's get some good movies in there. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll jump in and, uh, and talk about some good movies that I saw. I, I caught these. I, I almost had nothing for Out Now Cookies, by the way, guys, until I was like, yep. oh, I have some time. I can... Thank you, Abe. Uh, I have some time. I can uh, I can watch some, uh, some movies I'm supposed to review for Blu-ray, and I got a couple here, two horror movies, so it fits with the theme of the week. Uh, first up is the girl with all the gifts. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a yes. this is a zombie movie that I was finally able to catch up with. Um, uh, it stars uh, it's, it has um, Patty Considine, Glenn Close, and um, uh, Je- Gemma Gemma Ar- Arterton, um, along with a along with a newcomer whose name I forgot, and I have the thing like right here in front of me, and I can't. Oh, uh, Sienna Nanuna. Um, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew not, I, all I knew was it involves zombies and there's some girl involved. In oh, it. see, see, I was hoping that you would, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I mentioned it in the review, but I was, you know, when I went into that movie, I didn't know it was about zombies, so I just kind of went in cold. Um, I, I mean, I, and I, I, knew that, be, I knew because that that that, that, that kind of knocked me, you know. So I knew because of like the poster, like now, not necessarily just because of that, but I, like I, I didn't really see, I saw a like like a teaser or something, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. So I knew there were zombies involved in some way, but I wasn't exactly sure what. It's not like that's a huge reveal. I mean, you learn that pretty early on. Regardless, I really dug it. Um, It's basically like the Last of Us movie before there's been a Last of Us movie. Like, that's the structure of the film, which I was really... That that surprised me. uh, It's a DLC? Yeah, it's a DLC to the Last of Us. But no, it... uh, (laughs) Almost to the point of... Because I know it's based off a novel. If, like, that author... I'm I'm curious which came first at this point. I'd probably do some research and find the answer out pretty quickly. But regardless, it's a pretty solid zombie movie. I I dug the performances. I dug the way it kind of... For what I assume is a a fairly low-budget movie, it has some terrific set pieces and, like, a... A, an interesting depiction of a world ravaged by uh by the undead to some way um and I'm, but i also am really going to uh, emphasize the the fact that the last of us seems to play a lot a big role in this for for a because i know I, i'd be curious if what you thought what your thoughts on this movie would be if you finally if you got to see it um that, yeah i mean i'm intrigued by that because uh well the, i mean they, i think that they've shelved the last of us movie anyway which i'm glad that they did because i think the game provides a four-hour movie that 
is much more uh, immersive than anything that you can watch on the screen. But okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll let you know. Well, I I mean, something like this I think will be better than any time whenever they finally do make a Last of Us movie, which they've been talking. I about. I hope that they don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> given the track record of the video game movies, no, I'm not <laughs> expecting much. But you know, ripping off something like that tends, to, you know, that can work better. And this one does work pretty well, I would say. I think it loses a little bit, okay. little, loses a little bit at the end, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the other movie I'm going to talk about is The Black Coat's Daughter, um, a.k.a. February, which it was known as for a long time before they changed the title. Uh, this film uh, stars uh, Kiernan Shipka, who's uh, Sally Draper on Mad Men, um, along with uh, Emma Roberts and Lucy Boynton, who was in Sing Street, the, uh, the, lead, uh, the lead female. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the girl there? Yeah, the, okay. the model. Um, yes, the, the model. The one yeah. there was a riddle about. Um, but, um, <laughs> this movie I really dug. Um, it's from director Oz Perkins, the son of Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame. Um, and it's really moody. It has this great level of atmosphere that I was really into, and this like score that's really kind of atmosphere. It really added to the atmosphere, and um, it the, the, it's hard to kind of get into the plot, but it 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 uh, it has some. It basically involves two two students at a private school at a Catholic school who are waiting for their parents to arrive and there's also another plot that kind of gets intertwined with it and it just it it's all about kind of setting up the atmosphere that's really what i dug the most about it and i i would recommend it because it's nice to, i i this is what i did go in blind with jason I, I had no idea what this movie was about um nice but i i was very much happy to really dig it so yeah that's that's one i'd recommend for sure the black coat's daughter uh, yeah, that. yeah, Perkins has got some great mood, and I, I wrote in the review kind of what's next, you know, because I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to whatever he does next. He's got he's got a he's got a real good handle on the, on keeping things very creepy, and so yeah, for sure. So that's a that's one that I believe it, I have the Blu-ray, so it should be coming out on Blu-ray soon, sir, and you know VOD and what have you. So there you go. Um, that's it. So yeah, that's on our quickies. Kim, let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, what's coming out, what have you. And this week we're talking Okja, the uh, latest film from director Bong Joon-ho of uh, Snowpiercer and The Host, among many other films. Um, he has this new film, which uh, features a great cast. as uh, Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, Solid, Steve yeah. Adun, uh Paul Dano. Um, and, um, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that was a real it, shady whisper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aaron is a big fan of uh, wanting to beat up Paul Dano. I'm not a fan of wanting to beat up Paul Dano. I'm a fan of seeing Paul Dano get beat up in movies. That I enjoy. <laughs> There's a difference. I I don't wish harm on people, but it's a like, movie. What if you met him? He's like just like the nicest guy. I'm sure he probably is. I'm sure I'd, I I my I am very aware that the persona of people in movies is different from the persona of people in real life. And I have no I have no animosity towards like people in real life as far as like I can't I just need to. But in you know I see Paul Dano. It's like I just don't like him very much when I see him in movies. <laughs> That's why if he's getting like beat up in Looper or like going through hell in Swiss Army Man, I'm all about that. I'm all about that movie. But if he's playing like a misunderstood genius in Ruby Sparks, I can't stand it. I don't need any of that in my life. So. I don't know if he's a misunderstood genius in, in Ruby Sparks. I think he was just like a jerk boyfriend. Well, yeah, but you know he's like the protagonist, so you know whatever. Um, sure. <laughs> regardless, anyway, we're not talking about Paul Dano. We're talking about huge oh, cast. We're talking huge about Okja, a movie starring Paul Dano among others. It involves a, I guess, a genetically engineered giant pig creature that they can use for a variety of things, including eating, um, which is what I guess throws some the wrong way, including this young farm girl who's taking care of Okja, until Tilda Swinton plays the 
I guess, like the CEO involved with the company that's produced this thing. And it becomes, this, I guess, a, 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 a battle of sorts of what's what's to come of the fate of this creature. Um, all of that in mind, let's start. Terrence, what did you think of the trailer for Oakjin? When I heard that it was like a monster movie, I was expecting some com- something completely different. <laughs> um, in terms of the creature design, I was like a super pig. What? Um, <laughs> but I loved how it, at least the trailer turned into like this girl gets her, you know, lovable friend, monster, super pig thing taken away to then like badass chase sequences and her working with Paul Dano and company to try and take down, you know, this, uh, this sort of corporate entity that's trying to kill her friend. Uh, I'm really excited uh, for the movie. It looks really fun. Very cool. I should note, uh, this is a film produced by, uh, or at least distrib- being distributed by Netflix. It had its premiere at the Cannes right. Film Festival this past week. And um, I just wanted to throw that in there for context as well. But let's see, if, uh, Jason, Jason, what do you what do you think of the trailer for Oakjo? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, obviously, I'm a huge Bong, uh, Bong Joon-ho fan um, from way, way back. Um, so, you know, anything that he does, you know, no matter what it is, I would totally watch. But, you know, I, on the on the good side, uh, you know, uh, he had, I read in an interview that he had kind of a total autonomy to do whatever he wanted with the film. So <clears throat> that that right there is just like solidified. It, but it looks it looks quirky. It looks very very Bong Joon Ho. Um, my only reservation, which was from the last movie, which was Snowpiercer, was I had a kind of an issue with his American cast because they were all felt like very cookie cutter, um, and that was the problem that I had with Snowpiercer. You know, uh, when Song uh, Kang Ho came in, he stole the whole movie from me. So it, it almost felt like maybe there was a, a disconnect there. So I'm I'm worried you, with such a huge American. Well, but she's always a great nut burger. She that's kind of you know whether <laughs> okay. she's with, with whether she's with Bong Joon Ho or not, she always plays a great nut burger. She's so she's always good. So, but but you know, I'm talking like the Chris Evans, he's like the hero, and you got John Hurt as the wise old man, and Jamie Bell is kind of the the naivete. You know, it's it, it just it felt very uh, stereotypical to me. So when 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 a song came in, I was like, oh, you know, that that performance was great. So I'm I'm hoping that that will mesh in this. But I mean, it looks quirky, it looks awesome, and and I, I'm I'm anything anything Bong Joon Ho, I would watch. All right, Abe. Yeah, I think that it reminds me a lot of other movies that I've seen. I mean, something like Paddington Bear and also, um, more importantly, uh, Spirited Away. I'm, I'm not Spirited Away, but Princess Mononoke, in that, you know, well, there's these mystical creatures and they can kind of do these things and maybe that they they are more than what they are. Uh, it certainly reminds me of Snowpiercer and just the... It feels like there's going to be some sense of social commentary in there about what we do with the planet and whatever else, but... Uh, I mean, I'm interested in it. I'm just not crazy interested in it. Just the same way that I felt about Snowpiercer. I think I was like, when we talked about that, I think I was one of the folks that didn't like it as much. Um, Not because it had too much hype, but I felt like it was just uh, something that I didn't really uh, resonate with. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I mean, it's a Netflix presentation. Netflix is getting much larger in terms of their uh, production power. Um, And I think that they, I don't know if they feel slighted that they lost before uh amazon or i'm sorry that they that they yeah that they lost and amazon has already uh, won an oscar but we'll see how it goes i i'm all about this movie i i'm a huge bong joon ho fan i mean even about snowpiercer i'd still have the host which i think is one of the best modern monster movies out there or something like mother or memories of a murder i mean he's done just t- terrific movies uh, out of uh, out of korea regardless of just a terrific filmmaker in general and uh, between that 
this concept, which I can only imagine what he can do with something that does, like you said, Abe, feel familiar to an extent, but certainly will have his own stamp on it. I'm, I'm there. And while I'm always happy to, you know, see something on a big screen, it's going to Netflix. That makes it just that much easier to see, I guess. And uh, right. I, I just I look forward to to watching whatever comes out of this thing, especially just given the kind of the way the trailer plays. It just it gives you this kind of almost like an ET vibe before it just like amps things up tremendously. And I'm all about seeing that kind of that that oddness that that accompanies a lot of Bong Joon Ho's sensibilities. So uh, I, I'm I'm ready I'm ready for Okja. Give me the stuffed animals. Where's the? Give me the virtual pet app of Okja. Let, let's see. Let's see where do we go? <laughs> a Tamagotchi version. <laughs> yeah, the Tamagotchi Okja app <laughs> to tie into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And and you mentioned and you mentioned mother. You know, the host gets thrown around a lot when we talk about Bunk, but definitely mother is is a is a total hidden gem. Love mother. Yeah, we mentioned it last week actually for our for Mother's Day. That uh, that's a that's a good one to, to, to nice. Check out for sure. <laughs> good one for Mother's Day. Good one for Mother's Day. <laughs> that's yeah. great. She's just trying to get a son. To, you know. All right. <laughs> to eat his vegetables <laughs> I just spotted that uh, the cinema is done by Darius Kanji as well which means it's going to be a terrific looking movie by the way um, but yeah that's uh, lots of things to look forward to uh, but yeah uh, Okja arrives I guess streaming on Netflix uh, June 28th so uh, forward to that one coming up Yep. and yeah. now with that out of the way guys let's uh, let's get to our main review for Alien Colon, Covenant. This crew is made up of couples. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. And everyone back on Earth is really grateful for your hard work. And your courage. We're making history here. This is weird. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Alien Covenant. Uh, Ridley Scott is 79 years old and basically thrilled about returning to this universe of Alien. Of course, Xenomorphs were a bit further away from what he's excited about than some may have expected with the 2012 film Prometheus. With Alien Covenant, Scott appears to be appealing to what the fans were hoping for with the prospect of an Alien prequel while still going forward with what he established the first time around. Now we have a crew that's heading to a previously unknown planet following the unexpected setbacks that move their ship off slightly of course as a result this crew is faced with more danger than they counted on thanks to the sudden appearance of a certain life form and the return of michael fassbender's david who happens to be on this planet as well this crew is led by billy crudup and another michael fassbender <laughs> we have two fassbenders for the price of one this time around <laughs> and they will be getting much more than they expected um <laughs> terrence what what were your thoughts on where were you at with Prometheus and what did you think? Oh, with, you uh, would start. With oh, I need. Me. I want to set up some, uh. some context here before you, you talk about this. Movie. I mean, you don't need to go it's too. Just a random. We don't of the hat here, Terry. We don't. We don't need to go too far in depth on Prometheus, but I'm sure we will eventually. But uh, wh- yes. where were you with that film? Uh, I hated everything about Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was poorly plotted. The characters were awful. The logic didn't make sense. Um, part of that was because Ridley Scott 
and Fox went out of their way to try and market the movie as not an alien prequel, but then they showed you a xenomorph at the very, very end. So it was an alien prequel. Um, yeah, I could, Prometheus almost ruined a friendship. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it's a it's a long running thing with me and Joseph Braverman, who writes for Award Circuit. We're we're great friends, but <laughs> who I've tried to get on this man. podcast many times, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he after like we started talking about that movie one day, and like we're yelling at each other. <laughs> to try and get our points across for like six hours and i was like how are we gonna make it yeah so we're good friends but it's like yeah it's it's prometheus is not good so what'd you think of this follow-up to prometheus i very much agree with people who say it's like ridley scott addressing the concerns that people had about prometheus and like oh you didn't want this so i won't give it to you this time I thought that Alien Covenant is still lacking. I think I think I just might have to be done watching these Alien movies because, like, <laughs> I, I go in with such high hopes and, and end up disappointed. I thought that Ridley Scott and the screenwriters in particular set up these characters and then throw sort of their setup away when they need them to make dumb decisions or just to facilitate the plot. And it's really frustrating because if you look back at the original, the first two Alien movies, like even though those characters are making dumb decisions, they're coming from a place of character. And so it makes sense. And so like after the first three deaths, I was just ready for everybody to die. <laughs> um, you know... I mean, Fassbender was great. He's the best part of both of these prequels. Um, but yeah, it just from a from a character standpoint, and if we want to get into spoilers later, we can maybe talk about it. Uh, but yeah, I was just disappointed because it was like, oh, like you set up. They were thinly drawn, but there was still some something there that they could have used, and then they sort of go away from it. I will. I will say we'll probably get mild spoilers as we get into this, just because there's yeah. there's there's aspects yeah. that it's hard to kind of discuss this further for a podcast uh, than right. to make it sat to make it more satisfying for the listeners who presumably have seen Alien Covenant before listening to this podcast. But we will give a heads up, and, and we'll certainly alert everybody yeah, we so will, you yeah, can we, skip ahead. We won't yeah, just... there's, there's like there's one particular thing that's like irked my spirit. Uh, oh, that's but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, with people who have, for the people who haven't seen it, so yeah, yeah. if we can do that, that'd be great. Okay, well, Jason, okay. let's get to you real quick. What do you think? What do you think? Where, where were you of uh, the previous entry in the, in this film? Well, I mean, I mean, I was with every other every other movie geek who was an Alien fan and a Ridley Scott fan. I'm like, oh, the master, the guy who, you know, I mean, listen, we had we had lots of sequels, right? But you know, the cool thing about about Ridley's first Alien is you could look back at that and go, oh, 
well, you know, that was the, you know, and of course, aliens to some degree as well, but that you could look back on that. And, and even Ridley could look back on it and go, you know, oh, these horrible sequels, but I did, you know, the original Alien. Can't really say that anymore. Problem with Prometheus is I went in with such high expectation that nothing was met. It was, it was, it was just, it, even if you take out the alien part and just go, okay, it's just a sci-fi movie. It was incredibly boring. And uh, the only alien reference, the only thing that I remember being cool at all was the kind of the, the, the showing of the space jockey and kind of, but I almost agree with some reviewers where they said, you know, showing that it kind of took the mysticism out of that, out of that, that statue and that piece and what, what, how cool that was, you know, it kind of did. So, but it, it just incredibly boring. I was incredibly bored with Prometheus. So I actually didn't have any high hopes going into Alien Covenant because Ridley Scott had, had given me a firm gut punch on Prometheus. And so I went in with mm. just no expectation whatsoever and it, and nothing was met. It was, it, it was, it, what he did instead was he it, it, almost like he had a checklist. He went, okay, this is what people didn't like, so I'm going to put all this stuff in. This is what people liked about the other films. Let me steal that stuff, put it in there. He chalked it so full of just like that was it was uninspired. It was it, it just it, it felt it felt very you know uh, incredibly familiar. Um, uh, 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 you know, the, the, again, you know, trying to pick a little bit out of each film, you know, the beginning has the suspense of Alien, but the problem is we all know what's going to happen, so the suspense is kind of gone, you know, he tries to do the action, let's put it here, let's put it on the ship, you know, it's like, we've seen it all, and, and you know, I, I don't, spoiler or not, but, you know, the, the, when you think the original Alien, you know, the, the thing that freaked people out was the chestburster, you know, because nobody expected it, and it was creepy, and you've got sort of a thing here, but this is supposed to be a prequel. And he, what he's done essentially in some of these things, like the Transposter, is he's changed it, which doesn't make sense because, again, it's a prequel. So even Cameron had enough sense in Aliens to make that authentic like the original Alien. He's actually changing things, and it's really, really bothering well, Before, they're like, they're so, proto-versions of the Xenomorph. They're not the exact Xenomorph that was in Alien. It's pretty bad, man. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it's coming out full CGI, hands, arms. I felt like I was watching Spaceballs. I was like, oh, the dancing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I missed it's, that part where he puts on a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you know, I, again, I agree with him. You know, Fassbender was the only, I gave it one star because I thought Fassbender was the only thing interesting, but not even interesting enough to watch an entire film. I think the, oh, the greatest thing besides Fassbender in this movie is that there's only a little bit of Franco. So I'm okay with that. Well, if you watch the prologue, you get all the Franco you need. Yeah, well, he just, why was he even want to ask you guys, Did you guys watch the prologues before watching the movie or, or after watching the movie? I had no <laughs> idea that he was supposed to be in this. And <laughs> I only knew. seeing him in it, I was like, why Why was he even in the prologue? Like, <laughs> I, I only knew because the internet wouldn't shut up about it once it was like, what, is James Franco in this movie? And then they're like, James Franco's in this movie. It's like, okay. James DeFranco? <laughs> Abe. I feel like I have some memory of what you thought of Prometheus, but why don't you share it with the rest of the listeners? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to. I, I didn't like Prometheus. I remember, uh, I mean, I was kind of along the same lines as, as uh, Terrence and Jason here, just in terms of, well, you know, I enjoy the Alien film, the Alien franchise, um, and I was, I, was, I was kind of hoping for uh, something that clarified things a little bit more, but... Uh, I didn't like it when I watched it, and then I had a, a lunch conversation with a buddy of mine, and he's like, you know, there's actually more subtlety around this. And he didn't like it that much either, because he explained it the same way that I'll say it here, which is like, if something is, is if, if you are an expert in the field of something, and you wrote this giant textbook about it, and nobody could read it, or I'm sorry, people read it, and they just couldn't understand it, is it a good book or a bad book? 
And I was like, well, that's a bad book. And he's like, yeah, exactly. That's what Prometheus is. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, you know, if there, there's a lot of subtlety in here about the origin of man, the meaning of life, and all this other stuff that Ridley Scott put in there that was super unclear. And if you go and watch deep dives that people do on it, then it actually becomes a much more ingestible movie. Um, so with that in mind, um, I did go watch some stuff. So it's it, when I get to Covenant here, it, you know, I, I would like to also point out that I didn't watch the prologues before the movie. So I watched them afterward, and um, I was also surprised that James Franco was, was in the movie. So <laughs> essentially, Covenant, it's, it's like the... I'm not sure how to feel about this movie, and objectively speaking, I think the movie is is just mediocre at best, but it's still sloppy. I mean, there's there's a dearth of character development, and I don't even know who is who on this trip. Um, the motives are weak from the outset, and I think that Billy Crudup, uh, Captain Billy Crudup, is uh, I mean, choosing for him to choose to go to a planet to explore, and then you know, just like willy nilly like that, it's so. It just—it's something just to to further the plot along and move the move the movie minutes. So I don't think it's that I feel like it's pretty willy nilly, but it, it we'll is. get to it. Um, yes. You know, my questions—you know—along why do they like? Why is everyone there? And it'd be great to understand each role so I could get a better sense of well, you know, oh well, it becomes clear that Damien Bashir is the military guy and whatever else. But um, you know, I I don't know if I liked any one character that they presented in this movie to me even even though Catherine Watterson is kind of like your vehicle and Danny McBride is a, a knowing face this kind of reminds me of what you mentioned when I was talking about box office there and when we did our gamble uh, you asked a very good question of well who's in this movie you know what I mean um, as far as getting people and, in seats like are they saying like yeah, oh, there's a new Catherine people... Watterson joint out should I go see this movie now like that's not what right, the general yeah, audience so... say and she's seemingly crying throughout the whole entire movie, which I think is great that she can do that, like on cue. But I mean, there's no stakes involved, so I can. I, so when people go for a walk, you know what's going to happen, and you know when things are revealed. Is it, it, it's unclear how I should feel about them, and it makes. It, it, I mean, it, strangely, it kind of feels like Passengers was like this was way better at character development than this was, and I didn't like the Passengers that well, much. Well, it has an eighth so, of the characters of pass of. of, of uh... Passengers said ace the care of the characters in this movie, so it, it helps there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> sure, uh, but still, I mean, I feel like you could have just done something, which is strange because afterward, when I watched the prologues, there was this one prologue called Last Supper where I was like, "This is I got way more character development from this like two minute, <laughs> four minute video than I did in the entire movie," which is kind of like illogical. So use of weaponry bothered me, and mostly because I remember back to Armageddon when first friend of the show, Will Fickner, pulls a gun and somebody asks, what are you doing with a gun in space? Uh, and I, I mostly bring that up because I was like, why would they have, like, shotguns in space on this, like, mission here? Why, why are there no flamethrowers? Um, so, the group gets pared down pretty quickly, and I think it's just, like, falling dominoes after that. So, hate to say it, but I think that the trailers kind of give away some of the cooler parts already. Um... And I'm not really sure what Ridley Scott was looking for in this movie because I just from an aesthetic look because I think Prometheus looked pretty good. I like the the spacesuits. I like the way that they design things. I like the way he designed things in The Martian. But I don't know what happened here because you could definitely see the CG in the ship, and I think that the aesthetic he's going maybe he's just trying to blend it in with the rest of the canon 1979. And uh, you know, it sounds like I'm I'm 
kind of just talking bad about this movie. But yeah, the saving grace is definitely what Terrence and Jason brought up, which is Michael Fassbender. And yeah, he's in dual roles. But I think it's mostly because you know who his character is. You've seen his character in Prometheus, so he's got the most depth. And sure, I can. I think anyone can make an argument that yeah, it's 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 David's movie. You know, it's because I, I think Terrence brought up a good point of like you know because uh, Prometheus is so uh, shed and cloaked in all these like dripping details that nobody could really understand unless you knew so much about all these other theories that um, it's so superficial in this one. So, yeah, obviously David is great in here. Um, There's so much complexity to his character, and and it's almost like, you know, the darkest Pinocchio story ever told, uh, but that was intriguing. And unfortunately, it kind of just feels like it's carried out in this perfunctory way because they just have to get you to the end of the movie. So even some of the David stuff, they kind of glossed over. In summary, because I've researched Prometheus, I understood what Covenant was doing, but if I didn't research Prometheus, I would be like, this is not a very good movie. So, you know, I think subjectively, or if you've done additional research, I think you're going to get much more out of Covenant than than somebody who didn't. But if you, you know, loved Prometheus, you probably would end up liking Covenant a lot, too. I, um... I had a feeling I would be the lone man here who has to defend a movie that I only, I only liked kind of to a mediocre degree, but I will stand up for Prometheus because I do really like Prometheus. I don't feel like there's... I, I like Prometheus without having to say I have to do kind of additional research or anything. I got what the movie was doing. I didn't feel... Like I rewatched it again. I've seen it multiple times at this point. I rewatched it again just last week because I, I generally like watching it. Um, it is a, it's a beautiful movie as far as its cinematography goes and just the production design. Um, but I and I am aware of its flaws. Like I'm not discounting the fact that the movie. You know, I'm not saying it's perfect by any means. But I do. I did appreciate a lot of its big ideas, regardless of how messy it tried to handle them, based off of just human error used to move the plot along or what have you. But I think there's a lot of things to. I think there's a far far more to appreciate about what that movie was doing than what it did poorly. Um, but I don't want to talk too much about Prometheus because that's not the movie we're talking mm-hmm. about. I want to talk about Alien Covenant. Right. Um, I largely agree with the various gripes that are going on. I do think that there's, regardless if you've even seen Prometheus or not, there's an entertaining movie here for a conventional, like, general audience. I think if they walked into something called Alien Covenant, they saw this movie, they there wouldn't be too many questions they would have because they'd be like, all right, there's aliens running around, there's a random people crew, I've, I've seen a movie like this before, I know what I'm getting, and I'm out of here, and I'm done. Um all right. So with with Alien Covenant, I I do agree with the, the, the some of the various gripes you guys are bringing up, and we'll get more into those as we go along. Um, the I think a lot of that issue comes from what you guys are saying with the characters, where I think it's a weird thing to be at odds with because at one at the same time as the characters are they're largely underdeveloped and it's hard to kind of root for any of these people. I also think Ridley Scott just doesn't care about these people, and I think he makes that very clear. This is a very this is like Alien Three levels of bleak, or it's just like it, it's very nihilistic. It very much goes down this kind of rabbit hole of like, we don't. I'm more concerned about these ideas, but I'm also giving this kind of. It's almost subversive, subversive as far as like I'm I'm letting these fans get what they want as far as I guess they want to see aliens rip people to shreds, but I don't care about these people. I want to delve into the stuff I did with David more, and. That's where the movie I found to be at odds of itself because I I like Prometheus for its big ideas and I like to see where it kind of would go from there 
And if anything, I wish that the I got to see the movie that takes place between this movie and Prometheus because that seems very interesting. Because I don't really have much clarity as to why things happen the way they do. Why once David right. arrives at this planet, the things progress the way they do. Um, and I think that's a, a that'd be a more fascinating thing to look down. But I'm not judging that movie because that movie doesn't exist. I have to judge this movie. And if this movie. It is the Fassbender show. Um, I'm happy to see a very a variety of recognizable faces, however underserved they may be. Um, and I do get a level of satisfaction from just the way Scott stages certain action sequences, I, like horror action sequences. There, there's a there's a couple that rely on the way characters act, which is questionable. I will say that I can't say it's completely illogical. I mean, just because of the nature of certain situations, but it. Yes, there are dumb things that happen in this movie, much like there were dumb things that happened in the last movie. I would say, if anything, this movie doubles down on the dumbness of some of the characters, um, <laughs> which I think puts a point in my favor towards Prometheus. But regardless, I, I think I, I think the way he stages some of these action sequences, I, I think, are really effective. Um, the problem is it's just not scary. Um, that was my major issue with, Co- with Covenant, really. It's, it's as entertaining as I found it to be in what it's doing. It's not it's not much of a thrill ride, and I keep seeing commercials for it that piss me off because they say it's an ultimate thrill ride. I'm like, what movie did you yeah. watch? Because this movie like it yeah. foreshadows every single thing. It's very predictable, and something I love about Alien, the original Alien, is the use of space and the use of like you know pacing and just the, the use of shadows and the minimization of the creatures. Now I understand that you know there's a modernization going on here where you've seen Alien already, so you can't do that again, regardless of the many films that have done that again. But you also, you know what Xenomorphs do, you know what they're capable of at this point, so you have to kind of go into new territory with them. But that removes the level of, you know, terror that comes from what's ostensibly a very terrifying creature just from not seeing it. This movie wants to show you it all the time and in new forms and what have you. And it's, you know, it's, there's a visceral thrill that you get out of that. There's, you know, a white knuckle aspect that makes sense, but as far as you know, a lingering sense of dread or what have you, it's not there because I know every beat that's going to happen in this movie. He wants to spell it out for you, which uh-huh. confuses me because Scott yep. is, you know, as good as Scott was in, you know, the one-two punch of Alien and Blade Runner, he's become a, you know, he's still a really good filmmaker. He knows how to construct scenes. He knows how to build, uh, like, I, as much as I have problems with some of his recent films, like, like The Counselor, for example, I love his use of process. I love the way he depicts process on the screen of showing you all the little details that go into how something comes to be. I love seeing, you know, a, a director that has the means to kind of show you a variety of things that lead up to one thing, all the little pieces that go into it that no director really needs to necessarily... Other directors wouldn't necessarily need to do. They just want to get to the shortcut of, you know, get to the point already. He's a guy that, you know, shows you, like, the kind of the technicality involved. He shows you, like, you got to do this thing and add this piece up, and then there's this setup. This movie, it, it has that to a point, but it does it to the detriment of why should I be scared of something when I know it's going to happen already? Here's a dark corridor. Obviously, it's going to happen this way. It's as opposed to something like Alien, where the alien, you don't see it. You don't see the xenomorph very much. And when you do, it's like it's it's emerged out of it blending into its surroundings and just kind of comes out, comes right. at you real quick and goes away again. And you know, until the end, when, you know, the you know, it's a kind of an apex of the terror you're supposed to be feeling at that point. So this movie, what I do appreciate and why I you know, ultimately recommend it beyond just kind of the gen, the conventional thrills that you get as far as like a regular audience member that wants to see gory alien action. I do think Fassbender goes a long way here, and you get two of them. You get two Fassbenders in this movie, and that's that. Yeah. I mean, that middle section, uh, everything around it, okay, not great, but Fassbender stuff, 
it, that's where it starts to deliver on those big ideas that I liked to Prometheus again. It gets into this whole thing about gods and creators versus their creations. And I really like that. Right. And I really like seeing both Fastbenders interact with each, Walter and David interact with each other in a way that's far better than, you know, just, um, you know, having the camera be in one place and characters be on the other side. Scott's like, oh, I'm going to go all out with the visual effects here and have them interact with each other, move the camera around them and what have you. Like, it's really, really well done. But also it has these characters speaking this dialogue that I really enjoyed hearing. And I wish I got more of that, a lot more of that compared to, yeah. you know, the, which husband and wife setup is going to fail next. But <laughs> or husband, or husband, husband, or husband and husband, yeah, yeah. yeah or husband, husband, yeah, yeah. Which I think you only really know if you saw the I'm, prologue. I mean, you can kind of guess it, I guess. Yeah, which but... is, yeah, I, I didn't know that until the prologue, and I was like, oh, I guess that's why he was uh, doing whatever he did in the movie. So, and by the way, you can you can thank for that for that. Um, um, oh, geez, the 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 thrill ride. You can thank the quote whores on that. You know who they are. They're the same people who gave the same quote to uh, to snatched. So. It's a thrill ride. Uh, I mean, just to pick up on that very briefly as well, I I I was kind of expecting a little bit more of some gore and some thrills. This movie's just because plenty of gory. Tons of gore. This movie. But I mean, like again, you 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 brought up you framed it correctly, which is like, oh yeah, you know, everything is pretty telegraphed, and so I wasn't held in suspense or I wasn't thrilled by anything. I mean, uh, I largely thought that they were pretty mundane kills and. Um, the other piece that I uh, was going to bring up, because you also touched on this, was just this, the sense of, of uh, suspense and whatever else, right? I mean, yeah, Alien, you, you're you not really sure what's going on. And then in Aliens, like, you don't even see the aliens until, like, an hour plus into the movie. Yeah. Like, the Marines have to get onto, like, the planet first, and then they have to, like, walk through this this tunnel. And that's, like, an hour into the movie. And then, and then things start going crazy, right? So in this one, it's like it's right away and i'm not really sure if scott's just i don't know i mean you brought up a good question there of of we're in a new uh, frame of mind now in the future here so maybe we just want to see things as they are right away because we already know what we're expecting well, i mean so, i, I think know. we talked about this last week of king arthur actually where i feel like guy ritchie was way more interested in having the oh, having the kind of his guy ritchieisms having his like chronology play and having his like dialogue interplay that i enjoyed that part and he felt very unconcerned with the with the fighting and the action like it's fine but it's not you know it's not you know it's not great action in that movie this movie scott doesn't seem to care about xenomorphs like he cares enough to be like i know how to do this i've done this before and i've done other action movies before i can put the set piece together but i'd rather deal with fastbender it's just a shame that there's not enough fastbender as far as that kind of stuff mm -hmm. for me anyway right and it and it almost no, seems no, odd the, the 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 idea of like saying like like oh he's 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 sort of giving you what you want and I'm like if you look at the I mean we want a really good film I think that for me that you know at the end of the day it's not just you know I mean if I want just Alien Carnage I'll watch one of the subpar you know uh, you know the Requiem or whatever you know what I mean yeah. we want a good we don't want there's no expectation except just to have a good film and I think you know one of the one of the the things that that a friend and I a friend and I had discussed. But I think is a little more controversial is the idea that I, I feel like Ridley is a little uninspired, you know, uh, lately. You know, his Prometheus, the Counselor, Exodus. I just feel like he's. I mean, if you look back at the at at that, you know, especially the period of two two thousand, you know, with Gladiator and Black Hawk Down and even Matchstick Men and American Gangster. Kingdom of Heaven. Th there's. Yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> I, it's just you know I I don't know I feel like you know, you know what let me put it this way Blade Runner is probably in my top five films of all time and i'm actually excited that denis is helming that film 
after seeing some of the latest stuff from Ridley. Because before I would be like, no, it's Ridley's thing. You can't touch that. I'm actually excited now. Yeah, I think, and I think you guys are hitting on something. One of my main issues with Alien Covenant with regards to the aliens is that they are in in sort of the, oh, we didn't have enough alien attacks. Let's put more in here. Is that like he's retconning canon things that I don't feel like needed to be retconned. Like, why are these aliens so fast? <laughs> why, you know, if they are the prototypes, are they able to break through, you know, glass? And why are they, you know, why do they do the things that they do? Why the second that they're born, do they all, all of a sudden grow so quickly? There's um, a gestation period thing here that really bugged me as far as these things come out quick. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it, it bugged me too. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, that sort of ruins the suspense and you've got these you know people dealing with with things that they've never dealt with before but it's like their action even though i thought that they were making stupid decisions it was like their actions somewhat belie that because the movie is taking like the choice away from them of how they really want to act in 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 a particular situation by virtue of of trying to be so quick and I, yeah, I think there's only one memorable kill in this whole movie for as much action as it has. Um, because he's, I guess he's operating Ridley is operating in a place of like, Oh, they already know what aliens are and what they can do. So we don't need to do all of that. But it's like, if this is a prequel, then like your characters don't know what aliens are and what they're supposed to be able to do. So they're, how they interact, how the aliens kill them should mirror that. Mm-hmm. I want to I wanna get back to what Jason Hughes brought up about the ambition with Ridley Scott, because or his, um, I don't know, his level of interest in, in these films. Because I, I do think, I mean, you don't have to like Prometheus, but I do think he really put something there. I think I, I think he did have it. What I like about that movie more than this one is that it, it does feel like an ambitious film. It feels like it's trying to do something different. And what I but which for, which for movie? Prometheus? Uh, yeah, yeah. And what I okay. and what I especially admire was the fact that he really tried to distance that film from being an alien prequel. I I know that you know before they were making Prometheus, that was the idea, and then as it got you know more and more into production, he really wanted to make a point of saying you know yeah, it started out as the alien prequel but we're really trying to go in a different direction. We want to have it in the same universe, but do something different. Now, regardless of how well that execution was, obviously you guys are less in favor than I was, I do think he had a lot of things that he was going for. And I think there's a lot, I mean, Jason, you say what's boring. I'm, I wasn't bored by that movie. I think it, as much as I have issues with certain things that happen in the way characters handle certain segments of that movie, I do think there's a lot going on and a lot of world building that I appreciated and a lot of just big messy ideas that I want I ideally would want to have some kind of answer to but I certainly didn't find myself confounded by how it left things off I re, I enjoyed what he was doing there and that's where I come down with with Covenant it just it lacks that that's where I agree with you I do think that this feels it feels like there's this 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 line that's being written by Scott who of all people doesn't seem to really need somebody to tell him how to make a movie yet he seems to have because this movie does have a lot more of what you're saying as well, if it's like, here's all these alien kills and what have you, and you're saying you just want a good movie as opposed to, you know, if it needs to be a, a movie that, that you know, caves to pressures of fans or what have you, but that's that's kind of what the internet seemed to demand, regardless of what, what we're saying we'd want out of this kind of experience. Sure. It did seem like the, the, the majority of 
whining about the that that Prometheus film was that you know, there wasn't enough alien stuff in it compared to what I was hoping to get in an alien prequel. I didn't necessarily feel that way. You guys may be hit or miss on that one, but this movie, this one does feel like a cave under pressure, and I don't know why. I, I besides yeah. marketing purposes, I I don't I don't. That's I don't, very I'm apt way to sure. put it. And I think that yeah, that's an apt way to put it. And I think that Terrence and Jason were also basically saying that like you know this is. For as subtle as Prometheus was, this is very much flat out like, no, this is this is why David is doing this, and this is why David is doing, like his motives are are again the strongest in the movie, but they're still like just very I don't, there. I also don't, you know? I don't think David's and, motives are that strong. I mean, they they're strong to a point after you're which no, which, which is what you said. Uh, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I'm I, I'm highlighting that because I like what you said there because yeah, there's a scene that you have in the movie, and it's like it glosses over that scene so quickly. And you're like, why did he do this? Yeah. Uh, other than, <laughs> other than you can you can make assumptions about it, but there's so much like angst or he's sad that he's doing. He's like, what? What is going on here? Yeah. And that moment, I was very confused. <laughs> me too. And and so uh, actually at that moment too, I was like, you know, where's where's Doctor Shaw on this and yada yada. But in any case, uh, for whatever reason, I just I I just don't like. The way that they set up any of the characters, I, you know, it, I just, I don't know, man. Like, the more I think about this, the more I think that it's, when I'm really taking Prometheus and what I know about Prometheus out of it, I'm just more like, I think I'm kind of with, more with Terrence and, and Jason, where I'm, I, I don't even see it as, like, anything that's worthy to be really watched. I think it's it maybe in conjunction with Prometheus, but I don't know, man. It, it's difficult for me to separate those two, because, um... Sure, they're they're linked together because one's a prequel to the other one, but it's the ideas here are just so perfunctory and so like janky. Like it's almost it's not that it's helter skelter either. I mean, it's it's professionally done, and there's a story that he's trying to tell here, but it's just so fast and loose on what it's trying to do and and convey to. An Here's audience. a question I have for you. Here's and we... a question I have for you guys. Would, would there would there be something here if it wasn't directed by Ridley Scott? Like if it was just like this is a movie that's set in the Alien universe and we've made this movie and this is what it is. I would call that. I, I think if, I, th- I, I, I think if it wasn't directed by Ridley Scott, you would have said this is just another shitty Alien scene. That's what I would I say. Think we need, I think I think we need to hold we need to hold these movies to task because what I keep hearing a lot not here but in general is this idea that it's like that some people are like oh at least it's it's, it's better than Prometheus. It's like we're willing to accept the bottom base. Because it, we're willing to accept a turd, a turd because it's got whipped cream on it. Like I, for me, no way, man. It's got to be a good. You know, this is this is why you know I'm so harsh on on some movies and some movies I love. It's just because those movies that that, that really not just work but are inspired and 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 are, and are great. They need to have that elevation. I, and 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 I think we're, we're, we're these in this day and age we tend. This is why you see your um, a thrill rides and everything else because we're not holding these filmmakers to task. We're going well. It's it's entertaining, so that's okay. And I'm saying, you know, for, especially for Ridley Scott, for a body of work like his, I want more than just merely entertaining. I want something great. Yeah, and here's where I jump with Aaron because I, I would say that Prometheus is a better movie than this one is. Um, even though I didn't like Prometheus as much when I first saw it. I cannot even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to buy it for you for Christmas kind of thing. But just in terms of <laughs> the storytelling and what they were trying to do with it. And also, again, aesthetically, it just looks like it's a superior movie 
than Aileen Kevin. I, I was watching a bit of Prometheus yesterday because it was on TV. Um, and my favorite, my favorite part might be um, uh, what Idris. Well, my favorite part's the C-section scene because that scene's crazy. But um, there's a part where like Idris Elba's like, "You guys got to get off the ship." And Benedict Wong's like, "No offense, Captain, but you're a shit pilot, so we're gonna stick with you." <laughs> <They're> just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's stuff like it's stuff like that that I miss from this movie. The interaction between, I mean, you can say what you will about the characters of Prometheus, but they felt like care. They felt like people. They felt, I mean, they, well, I knew who they, I knew what they did. I knew well, yeah, I knew what there was. There was less of a cast for one thing, but there's also, but yeah. they, they had. Well, there's a biologist and they had, yes, there's like they, a paleontologist. Well, yeah, and, and, and reg- I just don't know what the they, fuck's going they on. They had roles, and regardless of the amount of time you had to spend with them, having that camaraderie that you'd see with, you know, Yafik Kodo and Harry Dean Stanton and Sigourney Weaver <laughs> so, and Tom Skerritt and Veronica Cartwright and Ian Holm. Yes, I named all of them. Um, there's, that's the, the, you know, it's it's still it seemed like that kind of lived-in feel was more alive in Prometheus. Um, I for Alien Covenant, you have a, a cast of you know a mix of like character actors and younger actors that are you know up, up and coming or what have you, and it seems like that could all work. But like you mentioned, Abe, that prologue does a plenty good job of setting up these people, and I wonder like what again? I don't know that was, uh, again. That was like way. I better. don't know what pressure Scott was under where he's like he has to compromise his own movie to both satisfy people that want you know desperately need alien action and like less character stuff so you double down on dumb characters that you don't care about and get into this movie that gives you predictable alien stuff but you have you have crewed up waterston mcbride bashir uh, and then you have what amy simons is in here like she's a good actress like these are good people these are good actors like they can do a great job with this and clearly you shot footage of them doing a great job because they had chemistry in those prologues but then this movie doesn't give you much to work with. You get crude up who is right. being told you were, we're told constantly he's a man of faith, and that seems like a, that oh, seems like a, we get into that's that, a great that's please. a great idea yeah, that yeah. has nothing we, we no bearing on the actual movie. Like it seems like that. Right, kind of <laughs> that's where I want to get semi yeah. into a spoilery thing. Just should, like, should we just should we just okay, get into say, spoilers? Let's say there? from this point, if, I think like, I think you guys have an idea of what we thought yeah. of Alien Covenant. I like it yeah. more than you guys, but it's still mediocre at best. Uh, but yeah, let's get yeah. Look for, from here on. For that's why I put timestamps on the podcast. So if you want to check right. the show notes, you can find those. But yeah, skip ahead at this point. Uh, yes. What do you have to All say right. about Crudup? So Billy Crudup's character, I think, is the biggest missed opportunity in this movie. Because as you mentioned, we are told, he tells us right off the bat, you know, that I'm a man of faith. And that's why they didn't make me captain. And they don't think I can do this mission and yada, yada, yada. Which is interesting. I'm like, ooh, how is a religious character, a super religious character, as I'm taking it to be, right. um, going to operate in a world where he finds out that there are creatures other than humans? Yeah. And literally nothing. <laughs> they do nothing with that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a completely missed opportunity because I, I noticed that as well. But I also – I was also – there's so much friction between him and the rest of the crew that I they don't even expand on, on that either. Um, you know, Billy Crudup, it's unfortunate that they that he's got these lines that make me curious because he's he's quoting uh, the Bible when they're exiting the ship and he say like, oh, you who have little faith. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then he meets David and he's like, oh, I've met the devil when I was a child and nothing really happens there. I mean, I there was uh, there was an interesting way to go about it and i don't think that i think that was like severely missed I, the, the only thing that they really come close to is a photograph of, of last supper literally i don't even know that the title of the prologue was called last supper and then i saw the photo and i was like oh that that's a play on jesus james franco is jesus 
Yeah. So, oh, oh boy. (laughs) I know. Oh boy. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, you mentioned that Ridley Scott is more interested in these ideas than he is in the aliens. And I'm like, having a religious character interact with aliens and another character who is essentially playing God should like shake him to his core. That would have been such interest. There's like an interesting juxtaposition there. And it's like, they completely forget that he is religious in order to make him stupid. They completely forget that these are scientists going to another world in order to have them touch, you know, the plant that, you know, whatever that virus is, you know, that's making these aliens grow out of them. They forget that these are capable military people when they want to have Amy Simons turn into a blubbering mess and not let Carmen Jogo out of the damn, you know, containment bay. Crazy. Despite which, which by the way, containment. That's another thing that's like so annoying. It's like that that, that nobody ever gets this idea of of containment and um, you know that whole thing correct. It's always you know people are always running to the ship, bloody, oozing pus, whatever, and and people just let them on. And I yeah. never got I never got the idea of that. And then there we, I, you had mentioned, oh yeah, she gets her into the thing, and you're like, okay, that's fine. But then she eventually opens the door anyway, and I'm like, oh, the, 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 this whole idea of containment and 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 uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's quarantine. Uh, quarantine. Quarantine. It never. Quarantine. It, it, these movies. It never happens. But let me go back really quick. By the way, to the to the to the to the to chestburster thing, because this is the uh, the the idea of a, what what I understand that things could change very, very, uh, depending on the person and whatnot. But again, the iconicism of that moment in the original Alien and what it looked like and how it moved and everything to change that in this movie. To ju- and, and it never felt like, oh, you know, um, I'm doing it because it's a, it's a t- totally different creature. It's a different person. It just felt like he was lazy and he wanted to do a CGI version. And, you know, we thought, oh, OK, well, we can enhance it. We could have legs and arms and everything else. It just it's like he's rewriting his own work. And so now you won't go, oh, you know, you won't remember, oh, that moment. Oh, the original you know the original alien now when you think of shitty sequels you're going to think of ridley scott's shitty I mean, sequels i don't quite see it that i mean for one thing there is a lot of practical stuff I in do. here but i mean i do there is there is a justification to change that i remember my parents i remember my parents saying oh what was the you know that was the mo- that was the moment you know because they saw it in the theater original alien and they said that was the moment that just freaked everybody out so to enhance that just because you have cgi just to do it i was kind of kind of ripped me out just because you have cgi though because i think scott's for all for whatever flaws he has his movies i think he's very good with his the way he handles effects and and visual style but but, and i think for but i mean you look at something if you, I mean, Alien has a legacy, and it's just like you, you can't doing mm-hmm. the same thing again. That doesn't really excite me. I get the uh, the logic of not only is there a justification for it being different because it's not the typical xenomorph; it's some proto version. But you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's what he's going for with having it back burst out the back and be this white porcelain version of a xenomorph. Like there's 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 concepts yeah. there that I think are justified for why they happen now whether or not you like the execution of that that's a different thing that's subjective obviously but i do think there's a a logic to why he's but, doing but, things the way it is like just being lazy but in telling it in a pre but in telling it in a prequel i think i think i think that's where you get into trouble as a sequel going oh they've evolved they've done this but we're, we're going backwards though we're not well, going it, it evolved from this like it's getting it's right i kind of give that it's, a pass it's, it's, too, it's, catch, it's of... catching up to that point 
Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it evolved. Wait, 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 wait. So, so it evolved. So it evolved from eight, from hands and feet and everything into just a single word. I don't fucking know how oh, genetic man. engineering works. That's what has me. I do. It's called. It's, oh, I do. It's called. They didn't have CGI back then. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It took me out. There's Let, another let's thing. Get, let's get into the whole entire like middle scene there, where David and Doctor Shaw come back to the planet. Like, I don't think that it really served its purpose. It, it did, but at the same time, I, I think there was a wasted opportunity because it was like a 10-second sequence. And, yeah, I, I don't know what these people were expecting. What these, what are engineers. they called? The engineers. engineers. Yeah, I don't know what these engineers were expecting when they, when they saw the ship because it looks like they were praising it at first. Well, because it's, it's was their it, was ship. It, I mean, they don't have a reason to. Well, I wasn't sure if it was like a symbol of like, oh, oh well, our gods have returned I don't think they're, too. I think they're praising they, it. I thought so, that they were, I think they were just they were, like, oh, our homies they were are gathered, back. Or, yeah. They were gathered around, but I don't, they weren't praising okay. the ship. But it's, but, okay. but the more, more importantly is the fact that the second they get there, you know, Prometheus ends with like, we're going to, you know, Shaw reluctantly takes David along with her so they can go out and right. off and find out where this paradise is, where, where the engineers come from and everything. They explore that. Shaw apparently dies between, yeah, largely because David probably, you know, does he, is it spelled out that he killed her? He experimented on her. Yeah. But then he arrives at the, at the planet of the engineers and is it just some grudge because they ripped his head off in the last movie? But he's just like, fuck it, and just drops an entire, like, all of the vials of black goo on top of no, them. And just... I think he was trying to create because he saw what happens with the other with the characters in Prometheus, and he was like, "Okay, this is my chance to be a creator." I don't think that he realized when he dropped all of that that he was going to kill everybody, <laughs> and that you know all he would be left with was you know these animals who are these aliens who have nothing to feed on. Which, I mean, uh, that's a fair, that's a fair way to look at it. That's probably the way to look at it. But I think my problem is I don't. I that's not that's clear to me. Like it's 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 yeah, it's not clear to me either. Because it's a flashback that throws away a lot of potential it had to really delve into what happens when David meets these people. And instead of giving us anything, it just gives us open the doors, drop the thing, everyone dies. And it's cool to look at, right. but like that seems like it's wasting a whole and, and lot of potential. It comes in the moment <laughs> where he's yeah. It comes in the moment where he's actually giving more exposition to Walter, and I was like, you know, it's cool that you're giving this exposition because I actually like both you characters the most. Um, but when you're giving it to Walter and you've already cut your hair and dyed it back to to being brown, it's like I come on, man. Like Ridley Scott, this is not a subtle hint here. So I I didn't like what they were doing there with the whole entire Walter David thing. Um, Again, I don't like how it played out. I like everything before. I think, I, think, yeah, I liked everything saying, before like, he stabbed him in the like head. His... Like all of that stuff was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like I, I just think that it was poorly executed because there's when you go back and and watch like the David set uh, the David eight um, promo that they did for Prometheus. It's you know it goes into a whole entire like well I can I can carry out things that my counterparts might find difficult or and I I have the ability to feel. Like, even though I don't, I understand what feelings are, even though I don't know them myself. And in this one, I was just like, that, he's still an android. Why is he getting enraged? Why is he, like, trying to find out about love? Because he has like, all these, that's, I, what, that's his model. They made that, that's why Walter's different. Walt, because David was such yeah. a, it was too much of an advancement oh. as far as giving it all kinds of him ambitions and too human. too human exactly yeah. walter is this kind of pared right. down which i liked i like that the idea of having these two different versions of the same model android no no, no. I, and i get that I, I guess it's more like is it a learning computer too is it like a terminator yes where clearly. It's like a learning computer? clearly it is i okay. mean he's experimenting on things right. because he wants to <laughs> yeah but i mean again i think the other missed opportunity is just continuing the the conversation of whether david like 
how do you how does it feel now to be a god you know you i like that you have come this far but it's just what are your intentions here and and he says it very clearly of like well these people are are you know they're they're just i'm not gonna let them create anymore so i'm gonna go with like a, said something about them being a dying species yeah yeah and that's why i was made well, that's and i was like this is cool this is great to hear but you, it just goes wasted. And see, it's it's wait. I agree that it's it's not delivered on enough. But that's that's the kind of stuff that I liked enough to give this a pass based off both that and just to, sure. you know, to get the visceral action stuff, regardless of how predictable it might be. I do enjoy seeing new ideas happening with alien set alien horror action set pieces. I think there's stuff there. But well, are are they new? I felt like I was gonna ask you like what? It, yeah, how do you? I, I haven't seen an alien talking? on top of a ship being flown around with someone's on a cable flying, dangling around it before. Like that's a I cool like, scene. You have sure. seen the, the the end of the first where they where she trapped him outside and then was trying to like hopefully hope that he would get to like the engine so she could burn the shit yeah, out of him. I'm seeing a new version of that. Like I, I if I'm gonna appreciate other <laughs> legacy sequels for I mean I've, I've seen Mad Max Fury Road doing Road Warrior again, but in the fucking well, most greatest issue, way possible. My, like, that's where my issue my issue came was because I was like, oh, there's a callback to the first one and there's a callback to you know, there are all these There's a lot of greatest hits like, playing here, yes. Oh, but this movie isn't doing them better. So now I'm just going to sit – I have no choice but to compare it to the legacy. And that's where I can appreciate Jason's idea of taking directors to task for not doing too much. I agree. I agree right. with that. Um, yeah. But I just I – didn't, I didn't walk out of this having this kind of miserable experience. I did appreciate the things it was doing. I wish it did more of the yeah. things I liked more, more. But, I, I, but they're, they're, I'm not going to – I didn't walk out of this saying, man, that was, you know, that was an experience I did not enjoy whatsoever because that, be, that wouldn't be true to myself. I, I, I did enjoy things yeah. about this movie. It's not Prometheus, so, you know. <laughs> um, uh, in, terms of, in terms of people doing silly shit, you know, when she, when when the doctor on the transport vehicle goes back and forth between, like, the cargo bay and then the, the quarantine bay, and then she's just shooting everything again, it's just like, oh, God, like, this is, this is some silly shit. Well, she was slipping and falling. <laughs> She was... Yeah, she slips and falls. Again, yeah, you think about it. Why? Why did she have a shotgun? You know, you could burst a hole through the uh, the one of the well, side panels, like, and you just it, get. I mean, you're saying it like they're just carrying shotguns around with no safeties on all the time. They had to, she had to like go in, break a piece of glass. Go. She had to like she had to go through a procedure to get the damn shotgun. And because you're going to alien worlds, you need to have some kind of you know means to protect yourself. No, I get that. <laughs> I get why you would have like you know weapon weapons, but. I think there's more pra- – when you think about uh, this and life, life, they had more practicality in well, that. It's like, oh, let's try and burn well, it. Life doesn't need – like, oh, we got to turn the oxygen well, down. Well, life, they only had those means because it's the International Space Station. They don't need to have any weapons for, for that reason. They're not, sure, go- they're sure. not going anywhere yeah. else. They're, they're hovering around Earth. Like, that's it. That's all Yeah, regardless, is. still some silly shit. There's silly shit, but yeah. I mean, you're calling yeah, attention I, to the – it's not like she's a security guard with a gun in her hand. She's, she, had to go, she had to go to the gun to get it, which wasn't just an easy thing to access. No, 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 but but just like you know, back and forth, lock the door, slip on some blood, run, break my ankle, run back, and then I'm just gonna shoot at these oxygen helium tanks and just blow up the. Whole I will ship. say, I will say this: there are stupider things that happen in this movie that aren't related to someone that's incredibly panicked about a thing she's never seen in her life before, and never had to think about. 
I was going to say, like, maybe like, maybe like the idea that, um, uh, uh, you know, that, that again, with this quarantine thing, the idea that, um, you know, there's a moment where somebody, I think it's Damien or somebody says, you know, how do we know we're infected or not? And you, and you go, the whole, the whole premise of the original aliens or, or of aliens is that there's nobody on the ship. They have to drop pilot the ship but they've actually left people on the ship with all of these people and it's a huge undertaking i mean it's a huge responsibility yeah. who would who would say no no no, come down and get two of us like please come right. down and get you'd be like what like even the captain would be like don't come down here just, yeah and that, there's too much like there's too much <laughs> there's too much reliance on melodramatic emotion to get like danny mcbride to be like well i should go in the store but no i can't because you know there's two thousand people and a bunch of embryos here so we can't like risk those <laughs> i know yeah there's like you guys oh brought God. that into play only for the reason for david to like continue host bodies but it's like you guys weren't even thinking about the the yeah the embryos and the uh the well they were they had the colonists that are gonna be they had jesse smollett and callie hernett they were like sitting up there like no you can't do this the whole time well dan mcbride's like well my wife could be down there and i never heard her scared before Uh, (laughs) his wife was stupid i i hated everything about that sequence because once again it reminded me of the original alien and i think when they override Ripley's command to come onto the ship, it says something so much about the characters. And here it's just like, Carmen Jogo clearly needs to be let out of this room. There's no reason for her to be in there. There's nothing she's going to spread. (laughs) Can't claim quarantine because she has blood on her face. So what is she like? It's like like moments like that throughout the movie that I was like, there has to be a better way to make smart people make stupid decisions. Absolutely. And you knew Sigourney Weaver was not going to open that, that door in the original yeah. Alien. She was like, no, it's against FCC quarantine. We're never going, you're not coming in. So, yeah. oh, absolutely. And again, this is, I'll, rem- I'll remind you, this is a prequel to that. So, When people were dumber, mm-hmm. right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on yeah. uh, Alien Covenant before we wrap this up? You know, I, I, I do want to say that if you have the time to go and watch these deep dives on YouTube about Prometheus, I think that it that Covenant is uh, it's fine as a follow, but as a standalone, I, I can't really give it that much. Again, what we described it as, it's really on the nose filmmaking from Ridley Scott that I don't like that he caved. It made me want to, you know, that whole um, talk about Neil Blomkamp doing doing you know kind of an offshoot of that and i know i have a friend who who talks about you know like not reinventing that 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 universe and he doesn't like that idea but it really really made me want to see it made me that's why i put ridley stop because i wanted him to stop and i wanted somebody who was inspired by that work to keep it to, to possibly do something that we haven't seen or something that's exciting and the ideas that i've just a few even sketches that i've seen from neil i want to see that movie man Let's see that's like that feels like what this movie is like if feel like whatever that movie's gonna be is what i got here where it's just a fan film like it, it just it, it just gives me stuff and like neil blomkamp his stock has kind of run out for me as far as like what he's capable of be it's like it's great that he's able to draw stuff i see plenty of things on deviant art of people drawing things that are nice but like 
<laughs> that only goes so far to me for a director that right. seemed to have one great movie in his head so far and can't seem to deliver anything else. If he's, if I mean, Sigourney's flipping over it, but she also starred in Chappie. So what do I know about Sigourney Weaver at this point? Uh, <laughs> and again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting he would knock it out of the park. I'm just suggesting I want to see somebody else do it, it or somebody else do something different. Because I, I know he's talking about more sequels and more prequels and more. I, I, I kind of want to see somebody else. Ridley's got to say that? Or Neil Blomkamp? No, uh, Ridley. Yeah. He has a script for the next one yeah. ready to go. Yeah. And yes. I, I, yes. I will say, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm ready to see this thing close. I just hope there's one more of these and it has some kind of logical conclusion. And I can only hope that there's, you know, less of less of the alien references and more of what I liked in Prometheus, honestly, to, give me to, the, to whatever next one happens. Sure. Yeah. But as far as an Alien 5 goes, I don't like... And bringing back Bean and everybody's like, yeah, that's nice to say, but I don't know what I'd get out of that experience, especially after I hated Resurrection so much. It's like, where else could Ripley go? What do you do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Terrence, any last thoughts? Um, I mean, there were some good things in this one, but I, I think I'm done with the Ridley Scott Alien movies. I'll just rewatch the Blu-rays <laughs> of the first one. Well, so um, when should people go and see this yeah, movie? Um, I think, you know, for Fassbender, I think it does pose some interesting questions with regards to um, creation and creators. Um, and the Jesse Smollett kill, uh, which you probably have already seen in the trailer, I think. <laughs> but but that moment is great. <laughs> so that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's your recommendation. So that's, like, that's worth it. That's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to see a movie that does try and have some ideas and is not completely 100% boring and won't make you pull your hair out like Prometheus <laughs> and Alien Covenant is a movie for you. <laughs> How about you, Jason? That's a How quote. About you, Jason? That's a How quote. About you, Jason? Yeah, I, I, you know, again, the only thing that, the only reason I even gave it a start was for Fassbender's work, and I, I just wouldn't recommend the movie just based on that. It's not, it's not, it's not that, that I mean, if you look at Fassbender's best work, it's not, uh, it's good work. It's not his best work. And again, I'm taking him and everybody in this film to task and saying just because it's a little bit better than the last one or it's mildly entertaining. Not for me, man. I, I say forget it. Go back to the original, man. And there's a lot of people, uh, you know, that I talk to, younger people who have never seen the original film. So I say forget this crap, man. Go back to the original. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, if it wasn't for Fassbender, this would be a TV thing. And uh, because it's Fassbender, it kind of moves up to a red uh, Netflix. Yeah, this it's a dollar theater for me and by the way this i think this speaks to how much we really like michael fassbender <laughs> i think this is the saving grace that we all seem to have for this yeah. movie uh, it's funny yeah. that it's funny that in uh uh what is it x-men first class he's like i'm or yeah x-men first class he's like i'm frankenstein's monster and it's just like it's so it's it's pretty apparent in this movie well he seems less bored here than he did in apocalypse so i mean that has that going for it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> He was a family man in Apocalypse. They killed him. He's not even bad at Apocalypse because Fassbender's incapable of giving bad performances. It's just, it's so like after that's, the fact, it's like, why am I still here? Like, that's his, that's the logic. Right. Like, Where's this contract? I still have one of these on my. But uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do say dollar theater because I do think there's, despite how obvious some things may be, we, have, we didn't even talk about the third act obviousness as far as, is it David or Walter? Um, but um, yeah, there's. There's enough here that I appreciated to give it just a, a, a very mild pass, but certainly not one that you need to like race out to the biggest screen possible to see. Um, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to our let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why? 
I'll tell you. Audible, Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, Zune, or any kind of MP3 device. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. Choose a book to download for free and start listening. It's just that easy. audibletrial.com slash podcast. Be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash podcast. Okay. That's enough of that. Let's move on. Let's get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. All right, so this is where we go over some of the various questions to answer on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash hotnowpodcast, um, where you, we asked you guys a number of questions. You gave us listeners the answers, and so we're going to read those. Uh, Terrence and Jason, feel free to you know lend in your responses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. uh, here we go. First question, who's your favorite spaceship captain? Uh, Dennis writes Mal, uh, Mal Reynolds from uh, Firefly. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, and Amy, uh, Amy adds ditto to that one. Favorite space captains, guys? Space ghost. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yeah. Oh, Space Ghost. Um, Space Captain. I was gonna a say, dope uh, costume. I was going to throw in Zat Brannigan. Oh, okay. Futurama. That's a good one. Um, ah, this is tough. Uh, no one said Han Solo yet. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> no. That's because he was never a captain. He's a rebel. Mary McDonald on... Uh... Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Yeah. Good one. That one. And, uh, yeah, okay. Well, Jean-Luc Picard, too. Yeah. Big fan. Meh. Oh, what? <laughs> My God. Yes, James Tiberius Kirk. Why did I not even... I'm, like, looking at the Star Trek DVD. Both of those. <laughs> there you go. How about Peter Weller and Leviathan? Is that better? There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> Next question we ask everybody, what are your favorite scenes from the Alien film franchise? Jay writes Bill Paxton being forced to play the knife game. Also, the nice. viral pre-Prometheus David video. But really, the best scene has to be the original chestburster. I'd love to see that scene with there an unspoiled audience. There you go. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a good I, uh, I, I, Everything about the Harry Dean Stanton kill in the first Alien, the way it's set up, the way it's drawn out, the way you see like a shot of like just the chains moving and the aliens there with it, but you don't realize it's the alien. Just all of that stuff, and then you know the final like you know shot of the cat, shot of the alien, shot of Harry Dean Stanton, the water on his face. People, it just—it's such a perfectly executed scene in a mm-hmm. movie that features non-stop perfectly executed scenes. Uh, that that one just—I I love that scene so much. Yeah. yeah. And also in the original, I love when Ripley realizes that that alien is board a ship and she has to like slowly creep towards the suit mm-hmm. you know, without making very much noise at like trying to figure out how she's going to defeat like that moment. Just the terror of knowing that like if she knocks like a pencil off of <laughs> like <laughs> one it's of those over. things, it's, it's over for her. So yeah. I love that moment, yeah. I was always just a fan of the way that the aliens concealed themselves. Like, not so much that, like, oh, they're hiding in the dark. But, you know, when somebody's in the foreground, then in the background, you just see the whole entire, like, back moving because it's just a huge wall of aliens that are bundled up together, staying, trying to stay warm. So I was a huge fan of just the way that they, they, they moved in darkness and how they looked. That that's space. That's you know, my dad and I. Our favorite thing is definitely the space jockey. So I mean, you know, the 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 kind of the, the the reveal in the original film of that space jockey and just the mystery of it and what it was and just how picturesque and amazing it looked and just it's 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 creepy and beautiful all at the same time. 
Mm. You're, you're going to hate everything about the, the final alien prequel that ends with that space jockey getting an alien ripped in the chest. <laughs> that's the, you know that's the final shot of that movie, and you're going to hate every second of it. <laughs> right. Um, of course, Game Over, man. Game Over, that's also great. Uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. R.I.P. Uh, Bill Paxton, yeah. Let's uh, move go. to the next Game. one. Who are frailty. you? Frailty. Check out Frailty for Paxton. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next question: Who are your favorite androids or cyborgs in film? Dennis writes the Terminator, and more recently Ava from Ex Machina. Uh, Tyler writes the Terminator or Mecha Jason from Jason X. Uh, Jay writes Hayden Christensen. <laughs> and uh, Jason writes in general. Yeah, just yeah, in general. Yeah, in general. <laughs> and then uh, Jason writes RoboCop or Data. That's cool. Favorite androids? Uh, Ava, Ava definitely comes to mind because uh, that's one of the, the better sci-fi movies that I've seen in the, this past decade. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously Terminator. I mean, always. Yeah. Would you consider Vision an android? Yeah. It's a synthetic human. Mm. I'll, go, yeah, I'll go with Vision. I it's guess not... it's, it's powered yeah. by magic, I guess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. Well, yeah. Powered by one of the uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah. Uh, so no and he saying... can wield Thor's hammer. Because no he's one's... capable, because he's, he's, uh... <sighs> that moment made me kind of mad. I was shocked! What? I, I, w- I was shocked because I was like, oh, but then I was like, I thought they were going to do the, that Captain America was going to be the one to pick he up moved, the He hammer. moved the hammer. He moved it. Yeah. yeah. I want <laughs> them to pick <laughs> it up, though. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the end of Infinity War, be like, guess yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was just joking. No one's gonna say bicentennial man. That's not, a, that's not an answer. It's not an answer we all have. How about how about uh, how about the uh, the girl, the little android girl from Small Wonder? There we go. There you go. Okay. Oh, horrible. <laughs> um, I'll throw in Roy Batty from Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. nice. Get some, get some Rutger Howard. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful monologue at the end there. Uh, okay, next question we ask everybody, what are some of your favorite, least favorite crews that have headed off on a long voyage of some kind? And only one person answered, and that'd be Jay, and he writes, it's hard to beat the crew of the original Alien, especially the outstanding team of Yafet Koto and Harry Dean Stanton as Parker and Brett. Right. So, yeah, I mean, again, you have a lot of chemistry and a lot of, like, camaraderie there, I suppose. But um, so, so any other favorite Favorite or least favorite cruise? I mean, the least favorite crew has to be like, what, what's the one where Jason goes to space? Is that Jason X? It's Jason X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, not that's my, a terrible crew. That's not my least favorite crew. I like that movie. <laughs> I mean, I, that was just like, <laughs> and I was gonna say the, the the robot woman in that. She was pretty. Uh, she was pretty awesome, man. She kicked a little ass in that movie. She went after Jason. She yeah. I mean the 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 Firefly the Serenity team is a is a great crew. Great when crew. When you're bouncing Joss Whedon dialogue off each other, it's going to be yeah. good. A lot of the Star Wars guys are our favorite crew. Yeah, I mean, they, they form different teams, I guess, but uh, as far as the combinations of those go. But... The Rogue One team, you know, they had stuff going for them before, you know, things happened. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> next, uh, now we get to some questions you guys asked us. So you guys asked us a number of questions that we can provide some answers to. And uh, Alessandro asks, uh, "What director would you like to see make the next Aliens movie?" Hmm. We kind of touched mm-hmm. on this by saying not Ridley Scott and not Neil Blomkamp. Yes, please, I, neither. Um. I mean, I'm I, I'm still all about seeing another Alien 
Ridley Scott movie, just I'd like a better story and you know <laughs> him to do it you know properly. I feel that. I mean, again, he's like hit and miss. It's weird because again, it's weird that he did a very good job with with uh, comedy of the year, The Martian. So yeah, best musical. I don't know. Yeah, yeah comedy musical. My bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you got Denny Villeneuve doing Blade Runner, give him an Aliens movie too while you're at it. I'm gonna say actually, Chir- Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I'd love to see that. Uh, movie. That'd be a funny one. Um. Kerry Fukunaga, because I think Ooh, yeah, he, yeah, like that. I think he understands space and tension, and I am envisioning a six to eight minute long take with them trying to escape an alien, like he did in True Detective. There you go. Yeah. Has he done sci-fi yet? Mm, no, he I didn't think so. He's, a, he's. I mean, he dabbled, I guess, with True Detective. If you want to go down those theories, but um, but yeah, he's done some period stuff and. Yeah, I guess not. No, like, no, no, no space stuff. But I, you know, here's here's one that out of left field. How about some Park Chan Wook? How about a Park Chan yeah, alien go. movie? Oh my god! At least the characters would be fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I like all of these answers right now. These are good. Make it, make it, make it so. Okay. Um, make it so. What's our next question? Next question from Tyler is: So, what do you think happened with Alien Covenant and Star Wars Episode Seven? Wait, wait. So, you think what happened with Alien Covenant and Star Wars 7 Episode 7 will be a trend? My point is that both films don't take a ton of risk and instead try to recreate the essence of the original films in fear of being panned for being too different. What could solve this issue? I mean, with Star Wars, I think there's a difference there. I think the idea of bringing J.J. Abrams on to do Star Wars was always going to be, we need to kind of get things back to basics and then go from there, which is why I think you get something like Rogue One, which is remark you know it's different as well as something from ryan johnson which i expect to be different i think oh yes it's more i think star seven is more of a palate cleanser it's for me a very entertaining palate cleanser but certainly one that kind of reinvokes a lot of feelings that you got from or that people got from the original trilogy which is by design because when disney pays billions of dollars for something they want to make sure they get you know something that's easily palatable to people before they go off the deep end i don't expect them to go too far off the deep end but i do think that's certainly something to consider um Alien, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what Scott's doing. <laughs> so. It's got to. It's it's got to. It's got to do a one eighty, man. It's like it's like we're either going to keep doing it with Ridley or whoever else, and just keep with this with the formula. You got the alien. You got the ship. You got the acid. You got everything else. Or you get somebody in there who's just who's new and fresh, or at least has a new perspective, and and just and and gives it a one eighty, man. That's 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 how that that's how that's going to get bold. Is it? it is it going to make as much money as if we just did a formulaic? Who knows? Hmm. Be gods now. So, but I'd like to see it do a one. If, me, if I was in charge, I'd make it do a one eighty, something that you don't expect, so that at least you're coming in and going, "Wow." Well, Jason, you're in luck because I have the president of Paramount here with me, and he says that you're right. Let's direct. I don't think they're going to release this. <laughs> no, it's clearly Fox. But um, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wrong joke. <laughs> what if they just like backed a Brinks truck into David Fincher's backyard? It was like, you know what? We did you wrong the first time around. <laughs> Why don't we give you another shot at it? <laughs> they backed a Brinks truck wow. in. Wow. <laughs> Robert De Niro pops out with the mask on. Anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Uh, our next question we have here. Dennis asks, your all-time favorite remade films. I mean, these are pretty straightforward. Uh, the Thing. John Garbner's The Thing. Um a lot of horror, actually. The fly remade, remade. Yeah, the things a remake. The flies a remake. The visions of body snatchers is a remake. I mean, <laughs> right. first yeah, thing I, I thought of was dread. 
And I was like, that's a better movie than Judge Dredd. It's not really a remake, though. It's just another not really adaptation. really a remake. I mean, the yeah. ones they named are remakes. No, it's just another adaptation of the same comic book. Mm-hmm. Scarface. Uh, Scarface. I mean, I would say, uh, what's the one with uh, Jeff Bridges? What one with Jeff Bridges? With an eye patch. True Grit. True, yeah, True, True Grit. Grit. Okay. There you go. Ocean's Eleven. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It helps when the original's not that good. Um, <laughs> Did they sing in that one? <laughs> oh, well, Sammy does. Sammy does. And and Dean Martin does, too. He's, he's, he, I think he's introed into the film singing and before Frank Sinatra's <laughs> like, hey, why don't we do this thing? And he's like, oh, sure, baby, let's do it. <laughs> uh, Little Shop of Horrors. There you go, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, with the original ending in place, not the theatrical cut. That, that, that one's a... <laughs> People should get that Blu-ray and just watch that movie and see how crazy it gets when it goes with better yes. ending. <laughs> it's awesome, too, because they, they have it branching where you can watch it as that version. So you don't have to, like, watch the... You don't have to watch it separately. You can watch the movie full through with that ending. Yeah. Okay. Last question here from Justin is, uh, what is your favorite Johnny Depp film of all time? I saw Through the Looking ga- Glass last night, and let's just say 4K UHD didn't help it. <laughs> Um, Unless they get the, the new script is what needed to help oh, it. Uh, boom. I mean, best favorite Johnny Depp film, Donnie Brasco. That's a good answer. Uh, I mean, Ed Wood and Sleepy Hollow are my favorite Tim yes, Burton movies. Ed Wood. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll go with Pirates, the first one. He okay. is great. Wow. In, I mean, I think he's legit good in all of those movies, regardless of how good the movies are. That and first... again. <laughs> I, but yeah, he, he won the Oscar for that. He, he creates a great character for that one. Yeah, yeah, he does. The early, Bur- the early Burton stuff's great. Obviously, Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands. I would also throw in Cry Baby, the the John Waters film. I think that was a good yeah. one. And for worst, I would go uh, Nick of Time. Oh. Nick of Time. I like. Oh. I, I like. You're Nick not going to go with I mean, no, 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 Nick is already bad. Nick of Time was such a the, the, yeah. oh bad casting, man. Bad casting. Bad I, movie. What I like about Nick of Time is that Johnny Depp's so not like that kind of character, so I'm intrigued just oh, yeah. for that reason. Because he's playing straight action guy, or not even action guy, he's just like straight guy, like thrown into the situation. It's like, why is Johnny Depp here? That makes me want to watch this because it's so batshit crazy. Depp here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, Transcendence, um, oh my god. That's... <laughs> Transcendence is a movie that everyone forgets, but I was like, I'm, never, I'm not going to let you forget it because it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Anyway, that was feedback. 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 Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's move on now. What uh, what time is it here? Aaron, I think it might be fun, or it might be time for a very fun game here. All right. Let him know. In fact, that's actually the sound that plays when uh, a chestburster is going to come out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That was of course. Aaron, that was of course. Trying quarantine yourself. That was, yeah, that was, of course, the improv theme for games. And Abe, I believe you have a game for us. I do have a game for you guys. Uh, it's called uh, Another Version of Facts, FAQs. These are FAQs from IMDb. And the subheading for this is Aliens, Predators, and Other Alien Life Forms. So okay. I'm going to read a series of FAQs. They're going to get more specific as I go along. And if you know what, which movie I'm talking about, buzz in with your name and tell me the answer of the movie. So you're, going, you're going to read questions from IMDb that FAQs. relate that relate yeah so that relate to a movie and we're going to guess what that movie is. That's correct. All okay. Right. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
First FAQ. Can predators breathe oxygen? I like that nobody has did. Okay. Next one here. Why was the predator's regular vision thermal instead of red, like in the first one? Aaron. Aaron? Predator 2? That's right. Okay. The last one would have been, how is it that nobody noticed Predator's spacecraft blend in the middle of L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer right. on that FAQ? <laughs> I'm curious about that. <laughs> I, I didn't read the answer. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to say that it was invisible. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, they the got answer. like their stealth technologies. So, yeah. Right. All right, next one. Uh, who's the mysterious shadowy figure? <laughs> next one. Why did they call him Windows? Jason. Jason. The thing. Right. Yeah, the thing. The second to last one, which is my favorite, is like, why do they have all these guns in Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> Next one here. Who is the so-called space jockey? Terrence. Terrence? Well, going in with the first question there. Um, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Prometheus. That is incorrect. Okay. The next FAQ here. Where do they get this name from? Huh. <laughs> next FAQ. How does the alien's life cycle work? <laughs> I almost went alien covenant. <laughs> um. Next one. Why is it raining in the cargo bay? Hmm. Aaron. 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 Alien. Yeah, that's right. The first alien. The last one would have been, why is Ripley's nose bleeding after confronting Ash with Special Order 937? <laughs> I love how all these ones are vague and that this one's like completely... It's super specific. <laughs> it gets more specific as I go along, which is why it's impressive if you get it in the first one. Right. Next one here. Why was the rock the humans were after so valuable? Terrence? Next one. I have an idea. What, Terrence? Yeah. Terrence going with the first one? All right. Avatar? Yeah, that's right. That's what oh. I thought, too. Yeah, I thought it'd be unobtainium yeah. that he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the last one there. It's like, why are radios still using the movie when there's a permanent wireless link between the avatars? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one here. Was the alien's acid blood a lot stronger in the movie than the uh, blood in the other alien films? <laughs> okay. Next one here. Why does the Predator's helmet... What is the helmet on the Predator's... What does the Predator's helmet writing mean? Aaron. Aaron. AVP colon alien versus Predator? That's incorrect. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Somebody with a steal? Jason, I'll steal. Jason. Alien, alien, versus, alien versus Predator Requiem. Right, that is right. <laughs> and the, the, favorite, the favorite FAQ I have in there is, how can they justify dropping a nuclear bomb on a city in front of the nation? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one here. How intelligent is the queen? Terrence. Okay. Terrence? I'm going first, man. First one? Aliens. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> All right, next one here. Do predators have an official species name? Jason. Jason. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, predators. Maybe that is incorrect. Oh. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Next one here. Why did the predators skin and hang their victims? 
Aaron. Aaron. Is it Predator? That's correct. Predator. Okay. There you go. The last one would have been, what was the heated confrontation between Dutch and Dylan about exactly? It was about it was about machismo. And it was also about whether they set him up to put him in a, drop him in a meat grinder. <laughs> you set us up! <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here. Just a few more. What happens to the people who disappear? Okay. Who drives the truck that runs on the train tracks and why? Jeez. What escapes from the reinforced train car? Aaron. Oh, I'm Jason. Aaron. Uh, Super 8? Yeah, that's right. Super 8. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, here we go. Two more. Is Waylon Yutani still around in this movie? <sighs> Why did the oh, eggs Jason, move in? Jason. 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 ABP, Alien vs. Predator. That is incorrect. I think I know next what's next one. Yeah. Why did the alien? Why did the eggs move and open differently in this film? Oh, that doesn't. Know. Aaron. Aaron. Alien Resurrection. That's right. Okay. Alien Resurrection. Uh, last one here. Why are there no guns or weapons in this movie? Jason. Jason. Alien Three. That's correct. Yeah, it's three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, just doing some simple math here. Aaron, you won with five, and Terrence and Jason, you guys tied. And just for funsies, do you guys know which two Alien movies have won Academy Awards? Aliens. Aliens and Aliens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first two. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the good ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what so alien, that was FAQ. What Alien win, I'm guessing? What an Alien win? Yeah. Alien won for, uh, I think it was like uh, Best Visual Effects. And then second one won for Visual Effects and also Sound Editing. Yeah, the, the second one had like eight no- Oscar nominations, so like it, it, it had a lot a lot going for it. But the, yeah, Visual Effects, okay, I was curious. I figured it either be like Set Direction or whatever. Cool, all right. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for being I actually score, I, normally on these on these contests, on these these uh, these quizzes, I always score like nothing. So I feel, I feel very confident <laughs> in the fact that I tied. So. There you go. Well, you were so energized from talking about Alien Covenant. So wait, wait, There you go. <laughs> I think we all were. We all were. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to Out Now. Presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Uh, first up, we have Logan. Yeah, go see it. Now, the, now the cool thing about the – and I'm – you know, it's, it's interesting because I only saw it in sort of a press release, but I didn't really see it on, like, the Amazon page, is that it, it does come with a black-and-white version yes. as well. Is that well, correct? Logan Noir, yes. The Blu-ray comes with the, the yeah. black-and-white version. Yeah. I'm which... very curious to see what that's like because, again, they didn't just put it through a, pro, you know, through a process and just slap it on there. Um, the director was t- talking about how he really, you know, took care to, to make it look good. So I'm kind of curious to see what that looks like. I would rather watch a theatrical re-release of Fury Road in black and white. Mm. I wanted to see that, and I, I haven't, and I know it's that's been available, and I still haven't. Well, I think it's on it's on the DVD though, right? Well, they, yeah, they re-released the Blu-ray with that with that version, but uh, I've yet to yeah. check that out. Well, I'm um, talking about a theatrical release. And I'm saying, yeah, they, I that would have been nice, but it, they didn't get around to doing that. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that'll happen at some point. Though. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, next up, Get Out. Yeah, go see it. Definitely go see it. Which, which of course, Aaron has a review up on on the site. Why so yeah, blue? Yes, I do. You can check it out. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Great Wall. From Zangiemo. Cardo's bad. 
Boy. <laughs> did, did, you review, did you review that one, Eric? I, I did. I, I had fun with that in theaters. <laughs> I, I, I like that it was like, I, I liked how obvious the kind of um, the, the pro-China th- stuff was in it because it, as opposed to being like Matt Damon says everybody, it's really not that. It's more of just China's amazing and better than you. That's what I heard. That's, yeah. that's, like, that's the Matt Damon thing was just to sell tickets for American audiences, but it's like, he like he's a side character in it. I mean, yeah, it's not the best of Zangie Mao's films by any means, but I, I appreciated what he was trying to do. I wish it was more subversive, honestly. I wish it had more to, to kind of to say about what it was trying to do as far as being a big monster movie and having some kind of analogy going along with it. Hmm. Are you talking about uh, Covenant or are you talking about Great Wall? I'm talking about Great Wall. Boom. Burn <laughs> Covenant. <laughs> uh, n- next up is Rock Dog. Which we all saw. I right? heard about it. We all we all saw Rock Dog. Right? <laughs> Who, who's in it? I believe. Oh, I believe. Dog. I believe Luke Wilson was the voice of Rock Dog. In, in oh, it was an animated movie. Yeah, Rock Dog. That's how little I know about. I it. believe it's based off a Chinese comic, if I'm not mistaken, too. Oh, okay. I will say Asian comic. I don't because I'm not quite sure. I believe it's a Chinese comic though. Um, but it was a, one of those Lionsgate animated films that you've never heard about, but will have like six sequels in the future. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next up, Academy Award nominated "My Life as a Zucchini." Uh, this is the stop motion animated film. Um, you saw that, right? I did. I think it's really quite good. Um, okay. I think it, it earns its spot amongst what was pretty steep competition last year for best animated film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Zootopia and Kubo and Two Strings. Yeah. And Moana in there, and um, Moana, and, yeah. and, the, and the Red Turtle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, tough competition. Um, on Criterion release this week, I have this. I haven't watched it yet, though. I'm excited to. It's called Deepon. Um, Oh, I've heard that that was uh, very good. Yeah, it, that, this one's fairly recent, actually. It's fairly, it's a newer film, like only a couple yeah. years old, but uh, it's the one that I'm looking forward to checking out just because Criterion puts out good stuff. The Palm d'Or winner? Yeah, the Palm d'Or, the, the Palm d'Or winner from a few years. Yeah, back. it's like the guy who like wants to start a new life, but he's got to like kill all these other dudes, right? He gets into some squabbles with people right. in, uh, in France, yeah. like gang-related areas. Yeah. Uh, next up, I am Heath Ledger. Uh, this is a documentary. The, this is a documentary from the same mm. people that, that brought the uh, the I am Chris Farley doc. It's like that same kind of documentarians, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard basically the same thing, where it's pretty surfacey. That's what I've heard, though, uh, as far as what it's doing. It gets has an interesting way of kind of getting a lot of people together and talking about stuff, but it doesn't quite go as in depth as some people might have wanted um, if they really desired a documentary about the tragic short life of certain actors mm. but next up i think jason you, you saw this uh xx i did yeah i saw it at uh i saw it at sundance this actually. is the anthology it, film yeah. with four horror films all directed by women right yeah absolutely and oh, you know, what's okay. funny what's what's funny is the 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 one more pro, most prolific which is karen kuzman who did um uh jennifer's body and what was the other one uh the um, the, the um the, the, invitation. the invitation yes exactly yeah. oh the invitation which i love hers is actually surprisingly the weakest of the four it's not bad it's just hers is like the weakest there's there's some really good ones in there man so it's uh it's it, again it's not it's not five star or anything but it's definitely it's it's on par with you know the good and bad of vhs or abcs of death and there's definitely some good stuff in there i like so it's definitely worth checking out. i like i like yeah absolutely me too. yeah i i've yeah. been a bit let down by some recent ones but i will stick over vhs too because that one has some crazy things in it but um, uh, <laughs> next up max 2 white house hero do you guys remember Max? The 
what about the no nope. the, the dog Wait, that, the dog yeah the dog one that was the dog that went to war and came back yeah the, the ptsd dog the ptsd dog well there's a sequel now he's a white house hero is it straight to dvd <laughs> did you did you remember oh seeing God. an ad campaign in theaters for max 2 <laughs> i remember seeing uh no i i don't no you're right <laughs> yeah well our first question is. is is it the same german shepherd i i kind of doubt it but you never know <laughs> but hey there's an audience for Max, and now there's a Max 2 White House Hero, so there you go. It's yeah. probably on par with First Kid, which did go to theaters, so there you go. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention, the Mighty Ducks movies have all come onto Blu-ray this week. Gordon Bombay. Gordon Bombay, uh-huh. yep. If you're a Mighty Ducks fan, and by that I mean you like the first two and recognize that there is a third one, then, you know, these ones now are <laughs> available on Blu-ray. <laughs> on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, that was that was what's what's out now. Let's get to extremely cool. These are things that are now uh, streaming on Netflix that I can recommend in some way. Uh, let's put some continued praise out for Master of None because that it, it I finished, yeah, I finished it this past week and it's really solid. Uh, the, season, the second season. Um, uh, but yeah, Abe, you mentioned Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season three is now on Netflix. Right. Um, I saw Inglorious Bastards is coming to Netflix, which I have no reason not to recommend. Uh, <laughs> Inglorious Bastards, it's just a terrific movie. Good point. Yeah. And I saw uh, Christine, not the John Carpenter film, but the film from last year starring Rebecca Hall, based off a true story of a depressed news anchor. That's now on Netflix. Oh, and, that one. And, yeah. And, that, and that's good because I actually do want to see that. You know, that that one came into the theater like for like a second and yeah. I tried to go see it. But, but uh, and then it just disappeared. So I couldn't even, you know, put it in mitigation for a top 10 list because I, I couldn't see the darn thing. And so I, I'm definitely excited. I that. think it's a shame that that happened, too, because I think of a stronger campaign. I, Rebecca Hall's really good in that movie. And I think she could have got, got, got a best actress nomination if there's more attention paid to it. And I also say right. Tracy Letts has a supporting role. He's really good in it, too. And I like seeing Tracy Letts in things, guys. Like, he's gone from, <laughs> he's gone from playwright to, like, solid supporting character actor in movies. And I like seeing that. So. Do you know who released that movie? Like, which studio? I don't think it's... Is it A24? Um, what? I'm surprised that they didn't have a strong campaign if it was A24. Anyway. It? I'm curious. I'm, no, I'm curious. I gotta know. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. It- uh, the Orchard. The Orchard. There we go. That's right. Uh, the Orchard. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense because it's yeah, like, cause really, to... really yeah. small release. It's really yeah. Yeah, because I got a stack of screeners from the Orchard, so that makes sense. That's why I have it because it's, it's from yeah. that, that pile. There you go. Um, all right. Nice. But yeah, those are streaming now. Uh, but yeah, Christine certainly. I mean, the other ones obviously, Glorious Bass is great. Kimmy Schmidt, if you like it. But uh, yeah, Christine's is certainly one that you know very few people saw, so it's certainly worth checking out. Yeah. Um, Let's see, next week's show. Next week we'll be talking Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Dead Men Tale No Tales. All of oh. that. I can't wait to write all of that in every title heading we have for our podcast. because nothing It's says, coming. Nothing says, coming. nothing says SEO like a 10-word sentence. Like <laughs> but yes, we'll be talking about the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film. Captain Jack is back once again, and I'm sure all of us, especially Marcus Robinson, are really much looking forward to it. So, uh... Yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about next week uh, for Memorial Day weekend, no less, too. So there you go. Um, and, big box uh, office. Big, big box office. We'll see. Um, and last thing we do here, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Uh, Jason Coleman, what should you people see in theaters right now? Okay, again, The Commune, five-star, love The Commune. Um, you know, a re- you know, it, you prepared for a really great drama with great characters, amazing film. Um, again, if, you, if you're looking for uh, a strong female role, I, I'd, I'd, you know, um, uh, recommend, as opposed to Catherine Waterston in this movie, who I think was kind of wasted, I would go to a movie called The Wedding Plan for uh, the performance by Noah, Noah Colder, who's amazing in the film and makes the movie. Hmm. 
What do you plan to see next? Uh, oh, man. What don't I plan to see next? There's a lot <laughs> of stuff. It's so much. Listen, I have to I have to keep a list of like six to seven movies a week. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. So what am I excited about? Oh, um, you know, there's two film festivals coming up that I'm going to you know, be covering um, dances with films and also L.A. Film Festival. And I did notice in L.A. Film Festival that one of my favorite uh, documentary filmmakers, Nick Broomfield, has a new documentary out. So I'm looking forward to seeing anything that guy does. All right. Mm. And you go into you and go going cold to most movies too. So you like I, I obviously, do. Obviously, yes. there's certain things that you more or less know what they're going to be about. But you you go you're a right. big, like champion the filmmaker or just like going into a cold experience. And I, and I admire that. Absolutely. I mean that's a that's yeah. a great way to go to movies and just be fresh. But, uh, um, uh, so sorry, Terrence Johnson. What what are what should people see in theaters right now? Um, I'm scrolling through this list. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of rough right now. Yeah. I know. Um. Fate of the Furious is still playing. Go see that because it's ridiculous and fun. Um, and what am I going to see next? Well, you can see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, as well. Uh, what am I seeing next? I'm low-key excited for Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's going to be a mess. I know it will be a mess. But how entertaining of a mess will it be is the question. All right, <laughs> Abe. I uh, definitely recommend Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and next Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I'll be seeing Pirates next. Um, but yeah, as far as recommendations, Guardians of the Galaxy, and again, I'll champion the Wall. I thought the Wall was pretty solid. Um, and it, oh, is this okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it Aaron came out and John Cena. Yeah, John Cena. Uh-huh. It came out last week, so it's still around. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean everything else. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I don't. I, Understandable, man. I thought King no, Arthur yeah. was fine, but it's not like I'm like you need to go see that. If Gifted is around, I'd say see Gifted. I thought Chris, Chris Evans does a good job with that one. It's a smaller film that's done its job. Um, but and yeah, there's probably some smaller films I'm just not thinking. There's things I've wanted to see that I haven't been able to see yet either. I mean, like Lost City of Z's in theaters, but that's going to be on DVD, Blu-ray soon as well. So. Uh, but yeah, all right. Well, that's it. That's gonna do it. For oh, this. by the by, yeah, by yeah. the way, I am and I am looking forward to uh, the Luc Besson film. I mean, the trailer oh, yeah. didn't completely sell me, but I'm I'm always hoping to get some of that Luc Besson, and I are, some of that juice just, back. Aaron and I are we're sold on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, I'm, yeah, I'm we're talking about that trailer. It. We're just like, I don't care that it looks bad. We're just like, yeah, let's right. see this. I, I know. Yeah, I'm a huge. I'm, I'm I'm always hoping he's gonna do something great because there's so many good ones that I love. So I'm like, uh, please, please. I know uh, Mark Hoban's super excited for that as well. I mean, we'll get the two of you guys on for that episode just to talk about either <laughs> either a disappointment or a success for for Luke Besson. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Absolutely. But uh, with that said, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of that, Now Farron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeke.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over at Why So Blue, and you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe. Find me over at Instagram, Oakley and Twitter.com slash Walrus Moose. Hashtag aliens have blood that is acid. All right. Uh, Terrence Johnson, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me at LenoirTour.net and on Twitter at LenoirTour, L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. All right. Jason Coleman. 
And, of course, I'm at uh, whysoblue.com. Regular columns include uh, encapsulated movie reviews where I try to pick as many movies as I can um, uh, to give you the skinny, especially, you know, mostly indie stuff. And uh, Forgotten Friday flick every Friday. This Friday, last Friday, it was uh, Extreme Prejudice, which, of course, was in the memory of the great Powers Booth, who just recently passed. Now, of course, his my favorite film of his was The Emerald Forest. Yeah. But I had already done that as a Forgotten Friday flick on my previous home at starpulse.com. So I would put uh, Extreme Prejudice up this week in memory of Powers booth so yeah you can check out anything on whysoblue.com and uh, of course i also run uh, flicks for fans with my buddy jimmy o from joeblow.com where we do like uh, screenings and things like that so anything that comes up like that you can check us out on facebook it's facebook.com slash flicks f-o-r for fans great you can find all the other episodes about now there and abe on itunes as well as on audio boom listen over at podomatic h-h-w-l-o-d and soundcloud Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on Alien Covenant or anything else we talked today over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us feedback, write us feedback over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And please send us plenty of hilarious gifts of chest bursters coming out of random innocuous things over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, Jason, Terrence, thank you both for joining us today. Oh, thanks, thanks for having yeah, us. For being here. Thanks for having us. Yes. For sure. And uh, yeah, that's uh, until... We set back out on that great sea of the Caribbean. That's going to do it for this well, week's episode. Well, it's going to be episode. the last time that we set sail, right? <laughs> the, you know, was, presumably, it says the final voyage or whatever. It says the final one, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, with that, all that out of the way, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. It already made more than King Arthur did in its opening weekend, so it has that going for it. But uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see where things go. But yeah, just, I'm pretty uh, sure that that Terrence and Jason made more than King Arthur did. Yeah. In its <laughs>